<laughs> I like See, I, I don't know about that. Go ahead, like, go ahead. And and like as a Bucks fan, like you you have definitely laid witness to dudes that Giannis just hates at the core of his being. Hmm. And Hard. I can't wait till they play the Hawks because he's just gonna wave <laughs> off everybody. And he's gonna go one v one on Bogdanovich and make him look like a chump. Like, how dare you run away from my team? We could have been something, but nah, you're on the Hawks, and he is—he's just gonna murder him on live television. Well, yeah, like it's gonna be like the the one dude uh, he dunked on. Was it a Bogdanovich he dunked on like a couple seasons ago, and just like totally orphaned his children? Like, <laughs> mm, <yeah. laughs> like, <laughs> or were you talking about the guy on the Knicks? Who, Maybe it was the Knicks. Like, who he just went nuts <laughs> overhead. Yeah. <laughs> like, just one of those things where you're like, man, I don't know if that that seems illegal. Like, for some come on, Giannis, he has children. He has children. <laughs> but no, like, I mean, I don't think that that's like op- counter to my point. Like, the Bucks will have a rivalry with the Hawks because Giannis. And Giannis is the yeah. team identity for the most part. If Giannis drifts, if Giannis hadn't supermaxed, what's the what's the Bucks identity right now? You know, yeah. like... Chaos! Well, <laughs> I'd be very sad. Like, I would be like to my, my boy Tombkane Tristan there, where, like, he really loves the Bulls. He's a Bulls fan, but <clears> then he's just kind of got to, like... like pick up players to really watch and, and really key in on in the NBA because, like, well, your team's kind of struggling. Hmm. Your games can kind of get up. You know, if you're you're using, like, I use sports to tap out from reality, much like Age of Sigmar in a more meaningful way. Hmm. Like, you're, if you're using sports to tap out from reality and the sports ball is bad to you too, then you just get in this, like, horrible cyclical funk or you have to be like, I can't watch the sport anymore. I need to, because tapping out and watching the... The sport is not making me happy. Yeah, on, on I that mean, point, I gotta say is the. Oh. Well, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, the 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 bubble, the, the basketball that we saw in the bubble, I thought. I mean, I'm not saying anything new, but it was just phenomenal. Like the quality of play, it was so amazing to see that that level of play. Crumble, crumble. Speak for yourself. Crumble. Oh man, I I I, <laughs> I blame I the it. bubble for the Bucks uh, not going deep. Oh sure. <laughs> yeah, that you know, guys, I didn't watch much of the Bucks to be honest in the playoffs, so I didn't really get a good sense of what the hell happened with that. Chris team. Middleton. It's Coach Bud. I rotation. Just just Coach yeah. Bud. Okay. Like he, like. You have you have Giannis in the playoffs. You play him for forty eight minutes if you have to. LeBron James in the playoffs plays for all but like a total of two minutes over yeah. the course of an entire playoff game. That's what he's there for. You play Giannis the whole time. There's no reason to take him off the floor. You cannot scheme him off the floor. You like he's not this crazy center where you can just go small and he can't do it. Or he's not like this weird guard where you can mm-hmm. go big and like he just can't get around him. You cannot scheme Giannis off the floor. You keep him on there the whole time. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how much longer we want to go on this, but like the, the like my I haven't done the question. intro yet. We could go as long as we need, and then I'll do the <laughs> okay. intro, and then that's the secret. That's yeah. the secret to the cold open. Awesome. Shit! Yeah. Telling people how the sausage is made. <laughs> go on. <laughs> my outside from a distance interpretation of the Bucks is that Bud installed a system 
That was a pretty fair reflection of modern NBA. You know, pace and space, a number of three-point shooters. And then, of course, you had Giannis. I mean, to kind of simplify things. Uh, to what degree is that actually true? And if true, did it fall apart? Like, did it just not... Was the defense he's, terrible? He's, he's playing bench guys hmm. in normal, like, game rotations in the playoffs. Like, you do yeah. not pay... Chris Middleton, what you pay him, you do not pay for twenty minutes. Will now be Giannis and Supermax, yeah, for, yeah, or for thirty. Like you, like you don't do it. You do it in the regular season, sure. You know, fuck. Yeah. It's win or go home. These games count. Like, yeah. you know, you're not. You're, there's not like seeding involved. Like this is uh, it. You were the ones. And we like you. You got to win four games. Like if this game's out of hand, then fine. Like put the mm-hmm. put the guys out, but. He's playing regular rotation. Well, like there was mm. the one game where Giannis Giannis got injured, right? And Chris Middleton had to have like an MVP caliber game, and he that. stayed in and had an MVP yeah. caliber game. He, <laughs> he looked like well, a Hall of Famer. Yeah, yeah he he put up like uh, he put up, what fifty minutes, fifty fifty. Like he was Something there crazy. the whole time. And I'm like, crazy. and I'm like, do more of that. These like Chris Middleton is very much like many of the NBA like the that like adage. Where he's got to find his 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 like rhythm in game, he just has yeah. to. And once he heats up, we've all played NBA Jam. He's heating up. Like you gotta right. you gotta get there, and right. and sometimes you just got to shoot into it, right? Yeah. And they play good enough D where you can afford it, I think. But yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I, I was last last thing. Yeah, I. I always loved like those Pistons teams love because they embodied the secret, you know, what Simmons always called the secret of basketball, team basketball. Uh, Spurs embodied that. I mean, obviously, there's a lot to be said about having a big three or a big four. You know, I mean, the Spurs had, that's always my go-to. They're, they're my team, as, as Brennan knows. You know, obviously, they had a Hall of Famer, and they had two amazing guys, and they usually had a good rotation. But, I mean, if you look at, like, their 2000, what was it, 2015, uh, it was a very, it was a deep bench. I and mean, that was a deep team. That was a two Detroit Pistons-type team. Mm-hmm. But with obviously Timmy Duncan, but anyway, like when I saw the Miami Heat and what they did in the playoffs, they they reminded me of old school Pistons, just in that team ball, old school Spurs, super gritty, I, super gritty play, like. gritty, heart, heart. Yeah, they played hard, uh, well coached. The just the culture there, Miami, and they were, but they were playing a modern style of NBA. Yeah, and that team. Yeah, they could have won it if if they had been healthy. I think against that Lakers team. Yeah, even with I, I don't think they had a chance. <laughs> I don't know. Man. Me you're going to stop Anthony Davis for four games. I know. I know. That's that you just got to get in his Davis, head. He but... the, he tilts. Anthony Davis tilts, and so like I think you could tilt him personally. Yeah, but, but that's what LeBron is for. LeBron is there for the other for the other yeah. three. Like I guess. okay. Cool, cool. You you beat Anthony Davis. Now you just have to compete against arguably the greatest basketball player in the history of basketball. Yeah, like, like in the version of the game that he created. Right. Like. Yeah. Good luck. Like, yeah. yeah, he's thirty five or whatever, but it doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. Keep. I, I'm glad. Glad you added some asterisks there. Obviously, but <laughs> for, for LeBron. But yeah, no, it's it's. It's been so incredible to see LeBron get to the point that he got to. I mean, I yeah, I remember. We probably all remember watching him when he was taking so much shit, and when he, he had that disastrous year against the the Mavericks. But yeah, I don't know. Just just to see, it's it's transcendent what he's been able to do. Mm-hmm. He's he's a, a, a true transcendent athlete. 
Yeah, yeah, right on. I mean, each one of those generational talents. All right, now Chad yeah. King is popping off. We got them even talking sports here, which is which is always pretty awesome. G Dad dropping a thousand RDP to remind everyone, Chad King ain't nothing to mess with. Uh, Drusifer, thank you so much for the Twitch Prime seven seven years of Twitch Prime subs. So thank you so much. Um, and then let's see, uh, Her- King of Heretics here uh, talked about hockey, um, and he has this really cool point. When my team is bad, I like to root for a team to get close and then choke. <laughs> like, <laughs> so like he's talking about like he wants the buffalo bills to be, to have a deep run and then just not at least, I, I get that too like you got to switch to schadenfreude a little bit when your mm. team's out of it you're like okay i just i don't care who wins it now i just don't want the patriots to be the team that wins it or whatever right like that's so a little bit of that um you're good to go this year yeah yeah there you go <laughs> um and then kicker says players don't hate teams they might hate a player or uh, I think you mean like fans don't necessarily hate. Maybe maybe players yeah don't hate a team they hate a player yeah yeah I think that's right and I think that I I don't I find it ho- odd to hate an entire team personally. Mm. I think there's exceptions but like it's it's more like players and the player has to be like personally a scumbag off the off the uh, pitch or off the field or whatever. Mm. Like I, I so, it seems weird to hate someone for their play. I. The sure. the team exists in one place and one place only. No matter what, it does it like with no exceptions. Yeah. It's college sports. Well, mm. like that is it. It does not matter yeah. at all. Rivalry weeks in basketball, football, <laughs> hockey, wrestling, any college sport. Rivalry week is just nuts, and it's yeah. the best. And I love. It. Well, see, I, I think that that's be- in in a way. Like that because the identity of the team that puzzle is solved there. Like the identity of the team is the school you're going to, right? Right? Like the, it's you. You've your your identity and your enjoyment of that team is entrenched rather with that school that you go to. Whereas like what my my favorite sports ball teams are the state I happen to be born in. Like mm-hmm. you know that that tends to be most people. I wasn't born in Wisconsin, but I'm a Wisconsin <laughs> homer. Like and that has a lot to do with. Oh man, I won't even go into the psychology of that. But like, I'm I'm like a pure homer. I just I I think having a rooting interest and like loving the game, and then like having this thing that happens that I have no true investment and impact on. We can talk about like crowds having an impact on the game, sure. Um, mm. but like mostly when I'm sitting at home, you know, watching a game, there is nothing I do that impacts the game wholly. But I am so invested in it, and there is a a pure joy. And like disliking the other team and like getting out some of that Schadenfreude, you know, right. in, in a way that isn't truly malicious, that'll truly hurt somebody. And I think for me, that's part of the appeal of sports that sort of like leave it on the field kind of co- competition. Yeah. Um, totally. And uh, there was probably a segue in there into Age of Sigmar. <laughs> And competitive play in the platonic state of the game. But first, I got to do the intro. So, Chat Gang's here. Chat Gang's been popping off for a while. I am, of course, the magical Mr. Mephisto, the most dangerous man in Age of Sigmar. Welcome to Rantcast 78. I'm joined by two of my absolute favorite humans in the entirety of Age of Sigmar and in real life, as a matter of fact. Got Ty- a sweetheart. <laughs> got Tyler Emerson. Uh, Tyler, don't call me the godfather of content creation, Emerson. <laughs> God damn right. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going, man? Good, buddy. Good. And, here. and the Lord of Death, uh, Brendan Melnick. How's it going? <laughs> Fine. I'm okay. <laughs> uh, we we realized early on that we were all wearing hoodies. So so Brendan, uh, 
kind of took one for the team here and uh, <laughs> protested sleeves. You know, it, it was really difficult to convince me, guy who is known for my wearing of all kinds of sleeves in all sorts of public forums. Ignore all the photos you've seen on the internet. It's all fake, <laughs> deep fake. I, I clearly love sleeves. <laughs> um, all right, and then we uh, see we still got some sports ball chatter going off. You love to see it. You love to see it. But tonight's mm-hmm. Rankcast episode, we're going to maybe talk a little bit of TTS a little bit later on. Uh, but, uh, uh, Tyler, this was an episode you kind of pitched a while back. This was a long time coming. Uh, sort of, yeah. the, is there a platonic state of AOS was the question you paused. So we're going to be talking about that. But first got to ask, when you say platonic, do you mean like you, you don't intend to date Age of Sigmar? Or <laughs> what do you mean there? Well, I think I think it, the the concept obviously was based around the Platonic ideal. Yeah, is there sort of a space of the Platonic ideal, uh, which some as in, probably be familiar with that notion. As in Pluto, like as in the the sort of like what is the theoretical or, or default status of an object, right? So, what is a Platonic chair would be? What is the what is the most like Platonic or or or, exactly. or theoretical form of a chair? What what does that look like, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so it probably, I mean, obviously, massive disclaimer, you know, <laughs> I'm sure to a lot of folks, uh, anything that we say tonight will be complete nonsense. And I mean, this, yeah, th- this is something that is inherently, I don't know, it's kind of, it could be a bit of a contradiction, but uh, for the most part, it, it's obviously inherently subjective and, and it might be useful for us to try to define some values or maybe like some, you know, some starting definition of, yeah, of, of, of what this is, what this looks like. So Brent and I, in particular, we've been talking about this subject for forever <laughs> since we started talking, which I can't remember when that was, 2017. Was it yeah, we met at 2017 Adepticon. 2017, yeah, 2017 Adepticon. So actually, I mean... I could rattle on for 15 minutes on, on my sense of this, but maybe Brenda, what would like, if you could try to give me your take and then I'll riff on what, what you think has been sort of some of the, the elements of what we've been discussing. So what I, the other, the other word that we use to uh, kind of describe this in our conversations is like working man's Warhammer, Right. Um, <laughs> where, it's not the the way that I known to participate in events um, yeah. where I I'm playing on the the leading edge, but rather more the way I host events, right? Yeah. City Brawl, where it's oriented more towards what I would call the way folks normally play mm. other games of that sort. So like it's that it's that kind of version of self comp. It's that version of do the thing because it's cool. Um, like there's a it's it's very difficult for me to like discern the yeah. the definition of it because it's more of a uh, you know it's like how the Supreme Court defines pornography. Right, I'll know when I see it. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's a lot of that. Yeah. 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 So, so I think as we have the discussion, like it will it will become known to you in the way that 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 we've discussed it in so many words. Hopefully fewer, because uh, right. we're not going to be thirty-seven hours. Right. I have worked. <laughs> uh, that sounds like that so, sounds like the way a charity event starts. There, Brendan. 
<laughs> I, I, I won't be doing a rant cast for seven hours ever again. <laughs> Six months later, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, so I just to just to kind of like uh, push back on this a little bit. Are you saying that like yep. there is an idea that there is a platonic state of AOS, and that is not like some sort of pure like distilled out competitive form of AOS? I, yeah. I, I think it's a little of everything. Okay. Yeah. Right. Like it's it's the less codified version of Wapaka. You know, the event formerly known as Wapaka, the events formerly known as BryceCon, uh, now known as Ragnarok, um, where it's codified as, you know, 25 points for paints, 25 points for gaming, points for sportsmanship, uh, and previously 25 points for showing up. But I think Bryce was leaning towards like 25 points for narrative things. I don't think he had fully decided last we had talked, but not the More of a gentleman's agreement of... Of kind of what the game is like you're more than welcome to you know to bring something that punches people in the face but like but why you know what 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 are the decisions you made to make this a a more enjoyable you know game for everybody what what did you take because you loved it you know, why why did you choose to step on the brake but but i see i love i really love uh, skeletons made out of dinosaur bones. And so for a while there, I happened to be playing Petrifex Elite when it was one of the more hated armies. Like, that might be in... And you're, in, and you're a jerk for it. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, just, actually, like, uh, what you're saying here, actually, oddly enough, aligns a little bit with um, something that uh, Greg from uh, uh, Team America, uh, the ETC team, uh, was oh, yeah. saying where he he said something along the lines of that's not healthy for the middle tables, like which I found like to just be this like coming from a a highly competitive player, you know, very very skilled, he you know he very knowledgeable. That was a really really good episode. Um, yeah. That like kind of took me aback because I I fully expected like no 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 like if it's between the lines it's legal like and then you know you yeah. go as hard in the paint as you can between those lines right. And that, that, and that's, I mean, for what it's worth, that's generally my opinion. Like, yeah, yeah. So, except for, please continue. But. No, no, no. Like, I, you sound like yeah. you're on a thought here. Like, I, I just, it, yeah. it's interesting that like more of a like a healthy middle, like the the core a little little corollary there between this like that sort of healthy middle tables and uh, you know, uh, yeah, the magic word, the fat middle, yeah, the, fat middle, the yeah, middle class war. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, where yes, indeed. <laughs> but no, yeah, just just to want to make the get the disclaimers out. Like, yeah, the the intention of the discussion is obviously not to uh, say that those who have a spike orientation and are trying to go five zero that that's not a, obviously that is a legitimate way to go to a tournament to to play AOS. Uh, that's something. You know, I mean, really, that all of us do to some degree. Uh, I have more familiarity with Brendan's traditional orientation than I do yours, Meph. I mean, f my taste is to try to take a 3-2 army and push it to 4-1 at a tournament. Mm -hmm. I mean, generally. Yeah. So, yeah, keep the gas at like 7 out of 10 and try to get a little more out of it. Like, that's my psychological orientation. But, yeah, I thought this might be an interesting conversation because I feel like, I feel like that's very well defined. We have mm -hmm. a, like a very clear understanding 
of what that orientation looks like in right. AOS. Right, and just and, and just just a real quick refresher for for those that may not be familiar with the uh, the psycho. Uh, graphic profiles of, of Magic the Gathering yeah. that we've started to kind of bring into Age of Sigmar. Spike right. is usually viewed as the one who wants to win it all. Uh, more accurately, Spike is something with, is is a orient a psychological orientation that has something to prove. Um, mm. And Timmy then, Perfect. which is like the ones that are usually thought of as the like play the big big dragons and have the most stompy fun. Uh, yeah. They usually want to wish to experience something, and then Johnny, which is what I, I usually am more aligned with. Like I'm a bit of a Johnny Spike, and a little like mm -hmm. a, a big splash of Timmy in there too. Um, mm -hmm. But I'm very much a Johnny. Johnny wants to uh, express something, so you right. know, I want to express that I like Nagash is, is still viable. Then I'll take a Nagash list, and I'll I'll try to like tinker that to the most uh, I possibly can, or or whatever it may be, or I have a combo I wish to solve, and yeah, 100%. <laughs> so so um. Yeah, no, I personally, I uh, you talk about like the gas. I, I talk about it as gears. You know, like think of, yeah. imagine a five speed. Like right. that's because it correlates one, two, three, four, five with the amount of rounds right. we tend to play. You know, I, I consider there to be like you know people who are always kind of playing in the fifth gear. I'm usually in the fourth or maybe the third gear, depending if it's mm -hmm. if I really love something, I'll drop down to the third gear. But if something is just like 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 hey, whoa, my boy. Uh, he played Beast Claw Raiders just for years. Whether they yeah. like when you know when you know sleet, snow, or shine, like he was playing Beast Claw Raiders. I'm like, right. you know, I took one like two nerfs to LON, and I'm like, I can't play this army anymore it, because like <laughs> it was just like like as as it exists as my army existed. I'm like, I can't play this anymore. You know, like I'm yeah. just like there's skeletons plus Nagashes in a list. I I I got to abandon ship. Like I. I love something I, like I will love my armies passionately, but if I can't see like a road to victory, like right. I don't mind taking a loss, but I want to feel like I'm in control, like I have some yep. control. And and when that I I'm like I don't know how players out there, and I do think there are a lot more Age of Sigmar players there there who are like ride or die with their armies than mm -hmm. like me, mm -hmm. um, which I think is worth noting for the sort of notion of the platonic state right like if you're ride or die mm -hmm. with your army and you haven't gotten attention in like three or four three or four iterations of the game be that like winter faqs or or uh, ghbs or whatever that is you can right. start to feel pretty lonely right pretty left out right. in the cold with your army and the game starts to maybe not maybe maybe you don't i'm seeing it through my my perspective but like for me that starts to feel like a very isolated experience and not very fun but. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and there's so many different, anyway, so many different ways we can try to define this. I mean, I, I thought what Brendan said was generally a pretty good expression of at least one aspect, one orientation around this. And yeah, because th this is squishy. It's it's hard to define. I mean, so you mentioned Wapaka, and I also personally think of Brew City Brawl. I've yet to go, going to go last year, but couldn't. <laughs> I know. <laughs> But anyway, can't imagine why. I don't know what <laughs> happens. Uh, work keeps getting in the way. But anyway, uh, his so for example, just give maybe yeah, I, that'd be helpful to give. I think it was the pandemic, Tyler. <laughs> oh crap! God, it's so crazy. I yeah, the year this yeah, this year feels like two years. Like oh I yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. No, yeah. I. Uh, the joke uh, for a long time, I've I've often uh, referred to like <laughs> months in terms of years. Um, yeah when people like sub sub to my channel here um it the joke formed 
that like it's because COVID and time is meaningless now. Like that, I I can't track months versus years. It really has been. It has been a long. It has yeah. been a long year. <laughs> I think we're all feeling it, and I'm already wishy washy with time as is. Like I am not. Right. Like I I don't know what day of the week it is unless I'm forced to via work or something like that. If you just yeah, couldn't tell you what time it is right now unless I like like I have no. It could be seven a.m. or seven p.m. and I wouldn't know. Like right. <laughs> in the winter, like I can't tell you. Um, yeah, totally. But yeah, what I was getting at with Bruce and he is he and I had a number of conversations even before he started that event. And one of the things that we were discussing was, okay, we have these awards that are well-defined, that are very common. Best general, uh, sort of overall winner of the tournament, best painter, best of your alliance, order, destruction, etc. You know, generally the well-known categories. But there's obviously other types of potential awards or incentives that you could put out that are and the, and those awards would express the orientation of many players that there's not really an incentive right now in most tournaments so certainly at the time when we were talking about this so one that we talked a lot about were, were players of this type that like to take the 2-3 or 3-2 and then get as much out of it as they can. You know, try to go get that 3-2, that 4-1. And what was the name of that award, Brendan, you came up with? Uh, Special Snowflake Award. Special Snowflake Award. Okay. I thought, wasn't it, was it, was hard mode? Was that one? Or was that the same thing? Yeah, the, that, that was one of the, that was one of the um, Age of Sigmar hard mode, aka the Special Snowflake Award. Okay. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah, it's got some and and obviously we've added more like esoteric things over the course of the last couple of years. You know, like we have yeah. the D and D party, we have Monster Mash, <laughs> you know, things like that. But yes, this was the Age of Sigmar, aka Hard Mode, aka the Special Snowflake Award. Um, <laughs> that, that that's what this was built around. I like yeah. this this conversation. I like um. Uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Uh, Deekhouse here in in chat saying, "I try to take a five and zero army and win a single game with it." <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's a special kind of hard mode. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he had uh, again. I, I have no idea which Bruce City it was, but Brendan told me, "No, I I'd seen the results of one of the Bruce Cities, and I saw uh, Relian took Nighthawk, and you know Relian yeah. usually takes a." A, a really strong army because he's trying to win tournaments. Awesome. But he took Nighthawk. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Oh, maybe he was going after the, the hard mode award or whatever it was called at the time. And he went four and one with Nighthawk at the time when it was generally considered to be pretty crap. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Relian felt like, okay, there, there's a structure. I don't know. I'm maybe I'm interpret interpreting. This wasn't what was going on in his own mind, but like, Maybe he saw that okay. There's this incentive. Actually, I don't know. I know Domus. I think did the same thing, right? With one of your tournaments, Domus took he's, a. He's done, a it, list. he's done it every year that we. Every year, that okay. Had it. Yeah, yeah. He, so I think Domus is great. Something, yeah, something special and great. His first year, he did a. Uh, it was like a mixed order uh, list where he played Alarial. He played an Orion Count as Alarial that he converted up to to be that. <laughs> in the course. second year, he played. Yeah. Uh, Dragon just all Dragon Overs. He played the Thunderscorn, uh, Beast Herd Battalion, and it yeah. was all Dragon Ogres and Dragon Ogre Shagoths. Nice. And he played Brad in that last round. 
and we had the hardest time deciding <laughs> like who to pick between the two of them like yeah it took us ages 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 to, yeah. to make that decision hmm. no so so I, I i'd like to just while we got a quiet moment here i want to reiterate that uh, uh this this uh, episode isn't intended to judge the way anyone chooses to have their fun with ages sigmar that is the last thing i ever yeah exactly i yeah. ever <laughs> platform on ages uh, on on rantcast like uh I think that, you know, play the game your way, have fun with it. But this is a good thought experiment. That's why we're kind of talking about this, I think. Um, yeah. So uh, you kind of mentioned, like, Wapaka, um, obviously, the, like, the, snowf- the Snowflake Award. And I do think Midwest Meltdown is a very good mm. um, is a very good example of this. Like, because Domus himself is such a person, like, a personality, his personality is very much just a part of that event, and he has this very... Mm. Uh, you know, very hobby forward, very, you know, play, uh, you know, sort of um, uh, uh, sportsmanship, very sporting player mm-hmm. forward type of type of, of person. And obviously uh, narrative, I think, is becoming a lot more ubiquitous too. where it's not just you're, you're not just playing like LON, you're playing your LON. You're not just playing Slanesh, you're right. playing your Slanesh, right? Like everyone's got their from when you you select your color palette to when to maybe you name the list something cheeky or, or amusing. Uh, I mm. think you've started to put your own personality in it. Even I think even the hardest nose player in the world has some psychological pull towards like if two armies are five and zero, oh, just yeah. easily the best. You do some meta prediction analytics. In the end, you're going to have a psychological pull towards one or the other mm. for some personal personal reason, right? Right. Like right. I, I think that's sure. inescapable. Even even the fact that like uh, competitive players who end up in Age of Sigmar, you choose Age of Sigmar over. A different game because there's something about this game that draws you to it. I don't think it's because mm. you think it's easy winnings, right? Uh, <laughs> right. You know, there's there's games I've out there. A couple of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Made them real sad. Yeah, there's a couple games out there that have a, like actual cash prize pools with that have like you you you'd find it easier to win enough money to come out ahead financially in those things if all you care about is winning. So. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, side events at, at like a legacy at, at a uh, at a Magic uh, GP is a good way if you're if you just want to put in the requisite amount of time, you can get pretty right. good and, and win boxes that way. Like, yeah. So it, I I think there's so once you end up in Age of Sigmar, there's a reason you're here. Um, community. Yeah, it's a really strong yeah, strong baseline. Yeah, the baseline, the baseline is it's yeah, the money. It's really yeah. We're we're here for the money, you know. Like you're you're in it for the money. Um, <laughs> you rotate the, the power, the fame. Yeah, the fame. Uh, just it's it's just the, the throngs uh, of just of hangers on that follow me around in public. Yeah, yeah. I you know there's a there's a crowd outside my house twenty four seven. Yeah, this is why. I do. Yeah, yeah. We make content of about Age of Sigmar. Uh, because we want to appease the algorithm the most anyone possibly can on YouTube, you know. <laughs> sure. Minecraft is for is for like easy mode. You gotta like you gotta milk the algorithm with Age of Sigmar content. That's how you really. That's how you really win big. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> right. All the best people are here for the money and the fame. So yeah. So so I'm just saying that like there's a reason you're in Age of Sigmar, and I think that that this notion that there might be this draw towards the middle as more of a theoretical ideal or baseline there's something to it is all i'm saying yeah no that makes sense yeah yeah so uh maybe maybe we could talk about some more examples so we talk about the awards you know the, this idea of having yeah awards that incentivize uh, and and this is this is yeah. our, 
this is around a point I think I was I was going to make, mm. um, maybe a little bit later on, but it, it ties in right now. Um, the pack to me, I think, is what really sets the pace of of how your tournament's going to be, and mm-hmm. and in your pack, you are going to theoretically outline, hey, these are the trophies available at my event, and um, Brew City, uh, I believe that was 2018, the the one we were talking about there was for me one of the most affirming events that was that kind of like bracketed off my first like full calendar year of like a tournament nearly every it was 19 but yeah it was a 19 yeah okay 19 time is meaningless um yeah we're a year behind the one i was thinking of (laughs) that i didn't go to i thought was 2019 but it's 2020 yeah 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 so so uh yeah i missed you there man um yeah, for me that was like I, I played my pet list. It wasn't the hardest nosed version of LON. You know, still yeah. just Nagash plus a hundred boys. I top ten to 50 person event, right? Nice. Yeah. yeah. Top, like I was in it. I was in it to be. Uh, you know, I think if I beat uh, if I beat Tobin, I think I win best uh, best death. Uh, no, I would have lost best death to uh, uh, to to Relian, but you can't feel bad about that, right? Yeah. Um. But I was in it, like, uh, you know, in it, staring at a four and one, like, top ten, one best sports. Like, for me, that was a really, uh, 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 like, sort of affirming event. And the fact that, like, I had spent a whole year playing, like, Nagash, walking up to tables, people going, ugh, Nagash again. And, and, like, I remember, I I tell this story pretty often, like, Seinfeld has this, like, what I call the O'Reilly moment, where... Like, mm-hmm. if he, he's once introduced as the best comedian in the world, and then, like, the whole audience collectively crossed its arms, leaned back in its chair, and went, oh, really? So, mm-hmm. I had a moment like that where I was on TGA pretty pretty heavily going into the, sort of that, that tournament year. Um, and they're like, oh, death players have the worst sports scores. Why is this? And I went, oh, really? And I'm like, I'm going to be <laughs> the friendliest fucking death player. I like that Brendan <laughs> raises his hand. He's like, that does yeah. me. It, it was me. It was like... like <laughs> That that was my fault. Like, like very actually, very seriously, that was partly my fault. Well, it, uh, I got a two on sportsmanship at that event, and I really pulled that numbers well, down. Was that the so going into that year would have been the year you won uh, you won best death at, at Adepticon because that was right that would have been right before the LON tome came out. That was when I was doing my research. It's interesting how small the world starts to feel when you connect. It's all related, and I got my Charlie board like <laughs> behind me. That was that was also on TGA how my list made it up there and they're like this was just garbage how did he win like <laughs> um yeah so so for me that was like and and I remember looking at the pack and seeing the trophies in it and the one that really jumped yeah. out was like the snowflake award but it was also like the FAQs where like you you cannot bring a real turtle you know, like for your for your uh, for your uh, for your uh, Deepkin army and stuff like that. Where, mm-hmm. where the, the pack really flavored the event for me, and I think that like yeah. this this notion of, of platonic AOS starts with the pack, and yeah, part of that is the trophies to incentivize because you got to make it real, right. you got to codify it, you got to make it real for people. It's not right, just enough definitely. to say, "Hey, this is the casual event," or or not casual event. This is the this is the platonic AOS event. You, it's not just enough to say that you got to <laughs> sure, incentivize yeah. it. You got to show it. You got to codify it. Yeah, dude, yeah. This has been it's one of the ongoing conversations in the community over the years, and I'm sure before even AOS, you know, with warmer fantasy tournaments and maybe some 40k tournaments or events. Yeah, this this general conversation that often gets characterized as comp, and you know, like I was thinking about doing an event locally. 
I was asking myself these questions. Like, I'm not that interested in comp as traditionally defined, but I would like to experiment with promoting a certain spirit, uh, a certain set of values, just as an experimentation, if nothing else, to see what happens. Well, the, I mean, see this, what kind of list? Yeah. This, I mean, this goes with just a basic psychological sort of understanding of positive reinforcement versus negative reinforcement. Telling someone don't do that right. is generally more frowned upon than saying. I mean, even in parenting, is generally more frowned upon yeah. than trying to like display options and incentivizing the correct choices, right? Yeah, like, totally. Right. Like yeah. It, the, so, so I mean, that's just a ba sort of ba and you know, now I've made now I've talked sports ball. I've told people how to play Age of Sigmar, and now I've mentioned how to parent. Oh God. Um, go down the list. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> internet loves all those things. <laughs> it's fine. Um, no, but like it's in line with the the I don't like comp in a in a general sense, especially in Age of Sigmar, because the game yeah. by the time I've painted, collected, and got my army where I want it, right? Yeah. Something could have changed to where my army is just incidentally amazing out of nowhere. We, we watch like right. kind of I, IJ art. This happened with IJ. You're like, when do things ever accidentally get great in Age of Sigmar? I'm like, IJ. For like <laughs> yeah. three months was one of the, just the casino, like casino wall, like <laughs> was insanity. Like just, just for that block. So, so things like you, so now you suddenly find yourself in the discussion for an army mm. that needs to be comped. And like, mm. I put the money down and I bought my army. I should get to play with my toys. Slanesh yeah. players uh, come to mind, like Vince, like the Vince Venturellas of the world, were like he's just waiting his whole life for Slanesh to get like a new keeper of secrets and you know be right. back in the discussion again, and he, he takes the army out, and he's just like a like his eyes are aglow with childlike yeah. glee as he as he play puts puts this display board down, and yeah. and then like now we're talking about banning Slanesh as a hashtag <laughs> trending on on the internet, like I don't. Right. I don't like that so much. Um, you know, like... Um, yeah, 100%. So, like, I think you got to find other ways to incentivize your event. And I think that along yeah. the line, we're, we're kind of all in a little bit in agreement here. Yeah, definitely. Um, another recent interesting example I saw on TTS, I remember what it's called, like Santa's Workshop or something. Uh, Adam Mumford, who's been organizing a number of TTS events this year. I think he worked with Darren, maybe some others, but they've created a... A bag full of lists, oddball lists, you know, like uh, two dragons and Double a dragon. Frostheart Phoenix. And <laughs> yes, Staunch Defender on Frostheart Phoenix and Stormcast with men, or, you know, like the, the kind of list that you wouldn't normally see. And then you get ra basically somewhat randomly assigned one of these lists, and that's the list that you've got to play. And I think you've got ways that you can opt out, maybe get a couple chances, a couple rolls of the dice to get a, a list that you you like a little bit more. But yeah, that's happening this weekend. Uh, I love that. I think that's an amazing idea. You know, like it gives people a chance to play lists they might not other, ever play and you, they'll be playing lists that they might not ever play. Um, so anyway, yeah, I think to me, that's part of this general space that we're talking about here. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. As, and as one very different kind of event. Having your friend make a list for you going to event uh, like Bryce yeah. did for, for Brendan and Midwest Meltdown, you know, yeah, like, like there's. And I was the best baseball player there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's, yeah, like there's there's things like that where where you have, yeah, I I think that the, like a, a system in the pack where you incentivize like maybe you even write a specific list, mm. or like you give you could 
theoretically give points to a, a, like a type of list, like tournament points to a type of list. Like I maybe don't like that quite, quite as much because that's a, impacting mm-hmm. the tournament thing, and then that's you know that becomes gamey. But like yeah. a trophy is pretty innocuous, I think. Like it's it's a three D pr- p- printed piece of plastic <laughs> or a, a yeah. glass coaster ordered from Amazon that your friend uh like etches for you whatever it is right like but it's yeah, something that absolutely. you physically walk home with and you're like yeah i took the silly list i right. crushed it <laughs> so yeah we've we've talked about uh different types of events different types of awards you know the critical role of packs uh we okay thanks we have talked yeah if i mentioned lists sorry, i got distracted there so another one is in terms in terms of lists is i think a lot about a variety pack list lists that are a good expression of a faction's model range. You know, now there obviously are exceptions to where the, you could have someone who's running trolls because they love trolls and they just want to run a troll list or a squig list, and that's awesome. That's cool. It's thematic. Usually, those tend to not be the greatest lists in the world. And except for snakes, right now, if you love snakes and you happen to be spamming snakes, which we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk about. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, yeah. Uh, they're the most fun I've had of AOS all all year. Yeah, uh, they're so they're so cool. Uh, yeah, but so like these variety pack lists, and so uh, uh, OBR might be an interesting example right now. Like some of the cat the cat what is it? Catacros, Cavalos, maybe a Bone Shaper. You got a, a a unit of ponies. You got your Mortec Guard. You've got a crawler. You know, you've got that. Well, I mean, I'm forced to take at least two unit, either two units of Mortec Guard or two units of Cavalos, and then one of the other. I'm, I can only be so Neapolitan with with uh, with Osiric Bone Reapers here. I only have the two Battleline gotcha. options, and no <laughs> Battleline if whatsoever. Right. Do KO have more Battleline options than us right now? Actually, I yes. believe. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, what a world we live in! <laughs> but yeah, no, I get yeah, what you're saying. Gun haulers, frigates, uh, balloon boys, and uh, regular guys, and I think the the thunderers can under special conditions. They've got a lot of if. Uh, they have they have with their ifs. They have more than us. Disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, yeah. So when we've had again, this is, this is not a topic that there's been a fair amount of conversation over the years. I, I'm curious your guys' view on this. So when I think about AOS, I don't necessarily think that combined arms list or mixed arms list are usually the most, let's say, competitive. The- I think there have been some exceptions. Like, when I think of the exceptions to that, it's Zinch, Seraphon, and Skaven. Skaven cities. Original Skaven. Cities. Original recipe. I- I'd say I'd example. say cities. Yeah. Any, you're, I think we're kind of loosely describing what I would call toolbox, toolbox armies. Right. Um, toolbox which, armies. Which the, the, the premise, sorry, sorry, the premise is that toolbox armies tend to promote uh, more platonic AOS on average, as long as they're not overpowered, but because they're they're they tend to be more dynamic. You're playing in all the phases, blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. This is great. So, I mean, I like I like uh I like toolbox armies, not necessarily fr- from like the platonic thing. I've only been thinking about recently since since you brought it up. You know, yeah. several months ago, years ago, however long it was, I don't know. It's COVID. <laughs> um, I've been thinking about it, but like toolbox armies, I've always really liked because it felt like the thing I value, which is agency in my play. Like yeah. think, always thinking that I'm in it. This is that. Okay, if my army is just garbage tier, and mm-hmm. like I show up and I make all the right decisions, and I just lose because I can never compete with the current like caliber of the armies because my army just fell out of favor or whatever, right? right? Um, 
I happen to have fallen in love with Dark Elves, and Dark Elves win. Like, I'm just trying really hard to make those Dark Elf cities lists work, <laughs> but uh, no, no. Um, toolbox lists, though, for me, they always have like a, a great deal of agency on both sides of the table. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I yeah. really, really like them, because you, to really maximize a toolbox list, you have to understand Age of Sigmar fundamentally. You have to know what yeah. other armies are trying to do to beat you, and you have to stop them from yeah. doing it because you go into your toolbox and you go, I've got the thing to stop this if I use the tool here. 100%. And on the flip yeah. side, you're always just bad dice or like a really good counter strategy away from them taking out your legs, your yeah. tool that you need to beat them, and now you're like, oh yeah. no. And I really yeah. enjoy that. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, I'm thinking about like last year's Nashcon. Oh, what's up? <laughs> I saw I saw Alex in chat, which is why I used Dark Elves, and he's like, "Dark Elves are great." You shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> the Al Dr. Alex Milonis. Uh, <laughs> <Nice. laughs> you got him on your show, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, for yeah, nice. now, That's two of my favorite episodes. So um, very cool. Yeah, I was thinking I watched some of you guys. Yeah. He, but no, yeah, yeah, the yeah Nashcon. I brought this weird uh, toolbox stormcast list with two by three Kurnoth hunters. That we you know you look at it on paper, and you're like, "What the hell? What, like, how does this work? Did you, what is did going you play tie? Did you play tie? Uh, yeah, I played tie. Yeah, tie was I, I beat his butt. Yeah, he was like, <laughs> he's like, I'm really <laughs> afraid of that list. I'm really afraid. He's just like so. Like I remember the day. He's like the day before yeah. or whatever. He's like, I'm so. <laughs> I barely, barely, I got fairly lucky and won that game. I barely won that game. Really had no business winning it. But any, anyway, uh, yeah. So, but no, yeah, absolutely. Because yeah, lists, a lot of lists like that, they can tend to be, you know, it's a razor's edge you're, uh, thin, that you're walking on. Yeah. And that's, that's awesome. They're, they tend to be really challenging. Again, as long as they're not, let's say, Seraphon right now, where far too much is too cheap and you get, you get too much stuff in your list. Well, they're, you know, it takes away. they're they're what I call a power tools list. Like the normal <laughs> tool, you just have like regular tools, and they're just like right. sawzaws and like freaking piston hammers and stuff like that. Like, yeah, totally. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, Malik, any thoughts on this? Uh, Makes like, sense. Like what? Like what specifically would you want my input on? Like like weird <laughs> lists that that are that are mixed arms. Like I I actually find that more often than not, um, the you know the lists that, that win five zero games are, mm. you know, are, are tilted more skew. Right? They're they're maximizing the things that can be maximized. Yeah. But it's it's not difficult to go for one with. Uh, mixed arms with an army yeah. that on the table, you know, looks like it belongs on the table. Yeah, more of a Neapolitan build, as I like to say, where you're yeah. like... Yeah. I, as party to this, LRL, when I look at that mm -hmm. army, and I, a little bit of a tangent, welcome to Rantcast, if you've never been here before, we do this <laughs> often. Um, LRL, to me, looks like an army that, that wants you to... Like, it's got three battle line options, and it says, here's the run fast, here's the, you know, here's the guard, and here's the archers... Like, that army is like, man, you got to take three battle line. I've got three yeah. different. Like, it just feels like an army that wants me to play it that way. And yeah. it, and you can. You're, like, you, like, you're allowed to. And you don't yeah. feel like an idiot for doing it. Right. <laughs> right. And that's a good... I think that what I'm trying to say is, like, that feels like a good design direction to be pushing in the direction of. Um, yeah, 100%. Yeah. I mean, they're... Yeah, again, I first use of the word bias tonight, but <laughs> they are, I, it's one of the best 
uh, design books, in my opinion, wow, okay. that they came out with in, in quite a while. It's internally well-balanced. You have a range of options within clear constraints, you know, relatively small number of units. I mean, it's four battle, battle line technically because the Stone Guard can be battle line, of if, course, in yeah, hour, but, yeah. but sure. Yeah. And yeah, you're generally incentivized, unless you choose otherwise, to run a toolbox army. And but they have some healthy constraints. Number one being mobility, mm-hmm. and unless you're running, yeah, the, the heavy Dawn Rider Lance, you know, pony army, which is going to have a lot of challenges. I think uh, maybe somebody will be able to make that work, which would be amazing. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, see, a lot of people's read on LRL, and I'll probably be doing an LRL episode here coming up because someone told me I need to finish the hype episode now. The hype, the uh, alpha episode series yeah. with like now that they've been in the wild for a little bit like what's our read on them because uh, there's all the build up and release and stuff and i haven't talked about i'd love to talk about them a little bit tonight if, if we can yeah yeah 100 yeah, I mean, should, should we maybe pin this testing, and come back circle back to them. it later yeah so okay. i've been testing them all year and they're yeah they're really interesting all right but yeah. all right we'll talk about lrl a little bit later then um we'll continue talking platonic mm-hmm. aos if unless this was a perfect segue and we can talk about lrl right now i mean yeah, that's some. Anything else come to mind in terms of what we could chat? It's kind of it's a huge subject, obviously, with with this notion. And I mean, the kind of part of the the byline is that there's many different ways you can go at it. You know, in terms of bliss, in terms of how you're structuring events. Uh, you know, this toolbox concept really comes to mind because yeah, I tend to think that uh, Brendan, as you just said, a lot of AOS can promote skew builds if you're trying to go five zero. Whereas if you're wanting to have a little more maybe dynamism, working in all phases, you know, et cetera, then toolbox armies and, can promote that. And to add to that, like there's mm. a reason Age of Stigmar doesn't have a rule of three. Mm. Um, like, and there's a reason that 40k does. Because the because my understanding is it's much more easy to exploit the things on the extreme end in 40k than it is in Age of Sigmar, even on the, even on the, like, the winning side. You know, mm-hmm. think about if you applied the rule of three to, like, even the most uh, high-end, butt-kicking tournaments that there ever was. How many lists, like, actually change where you limit three of the same kind of you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. MS, MSU, Deepkin. Okay. Well, they're perfectly fine if you take three units with the number of of each kind of eel that you want. Okay, yeah. cool, fine. Um, what? Maybe Zinch, where they, you know, they couldn't go MSU horrors. Mm. Like, yeah, I mean, like right really, now, Lumineth, Lumineth like comes to mind. how many lists change, right? Yeah. Like, how many lists have four of, like, the same unit that, that gets them to the win condition that isn't an army that spams models already right like you know like a mm. bone split is army yeah that's I'm good fine question. if they want to four units of savage orcs like like right. the, like the game just naturally incentivizes mixed armies now you can put all your all your points into like two or three iterations of the same unit and like that's all you have but you're not going to have the rule of two like that's not Mm-hmm. You know, right? Like that—that that becomes a game design. 
Yeah, I think that's a great so, point. Yeah, I mean, there's, I'm just looking down the list here. So Fire Slayers could be an example of where you might see 3x20 Hearthguard, uh, Hearthguard Berserkers. Uh, Lumineth, I think, are an example. Certainly some folks are doing the, the one The Sentinels, drop. yeah. Yeah, 40 Wardens, 80 Sentinels. Or sorry, Wardens, the, uh, the tons of shooty, right? Like uh, Sentinels that, are the shooting. Blockers yeah. without the fourth unit of, of Sentinels. Say that again. I said that the like that list with you know eighty. Mm -hmm. Okay, you only take the list is still really good. <laughs> yeah. Okay, it still does the thing. No, you need maximum yeah. shoot with that list. I don't know what you're talking about, Brendan. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, let's see. Ch chat admiring my new uh, my new headset setup. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Tristan. Um, Pro gamer status. Check me out. It's you, uh, you just get a couple. You know, you get all these Twitch followers, and you gotta like go pro gaming, and you're streaming Cyberpunk, and you're taking clips of all your crashes. Like, I don't even. Know. How did you know I'm doing that? You told me. Oh, okay. I'm like, I thought that was like a secret that I was like, I was gonna do like a like a like a. Benny Hill style video of because I had recently learned how to edit, uh, so I made one of my smaller condensed shows, the on rants as it were, the things I'm trying to keep under 15 minutes to, mm. you know, hey, this is my style, but here's a little single topic, unrelated thing, nice. um, awesome. and I did like one edit just to like kind of prove I could. I'm like, oh, I can edit now. Ah, uh, like edited <laughs> Mephisto is probably the worst thing. I think my charm is that I'm verbose. Thank you. Um, but <laughs> um, no, that's awesome, man. So yeah, um, no, no, um, yeah, uh, but yeah, shout out to Chat Gang, uh, supporting me and and stuff like that. So we got the XLR um set up now. So I hope it sounds a lot better and you're enjoying uh, the shows. So, um, so we kind of mentioning uh uh lists as a state and i just wanted to add like an a like a little bit of an addendum uh just like with like sort sort of like horde lists don't seem to be the way to go with our game anymore um mm. like we're msu i think shootings push us a little bit towards msu and there's a couple of armies that are like pure horde you know you're when i say horde i actually mean a hundred plus models uh, i should clarify mm -hmm. the hundred plus bodies like the sort of like gets and there's one i'm i'm missing beasts of chaos Right, right. Uh, Beast of Chaos. I mean, Seraphon, you might see it with mass skinks. Right, but, but that that's kind of like one of the ways that's it, we've kind of like shifted away from that, which was a very much of an old hammer style where you, mm -hmm. every army has a hundred models in it. And we've kind of shifted it toward that like, uh, you know, sub hundred style with having a couple of exceptions for people who just really want a hundred models on the table. Right, like there are people yeah. out there who just love that. I think similarly, the opposite direction would be like the pure monster mash armies. Um, mm -hmm. So like you have just like I run five five stone horns. That's my army, or sons okay. of behemoth, or even if you went like did some flesh eater courts, like three dragon kind of shenanigans, right? Um, yeah, five dragon, but yeah. Well, three and come on, don't get crazy here. You're still gonna buy an arch regent <laughs> and sure. and some ghouls. <laughs> I don't know what. You... <laughs> Um, but <laughs> let's not go way crazy here <laughs> on the skew. Having those skews on either side. I'm not side. a monster. 
Night Haunt would be, I think Night Haunt is a finesse horde army, which is is uh, a little counterintuitive, which is why I don't think it performs quite as well. That's um, an interesting one. I mean, yeah, I've always, I, I need to look more at the Night Haunt data to the degree that it's out there in, recently. Uh, I know Matt Terrell has done really well with Night Haunt, uh, of he, course. There's... He was on Rantcast. He, he dropped, he yeah. deposited some of his knowledge and insights on how to win with it. So okay, I'll have to check that episode out. I mean, it was a great cause... episode. He's a really, really good guest. I, I can't believe I've never talked to him before that 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 moment. I'm like, wow, this yeah, this nice. is a guy I need to talk more to. So because I've heard Ash Ash McEwen talk a lot about his MSU Night Hunt style, you know, so they'll have a lot of ten body units of Chain Rasp and maybe multiple tenors of the Blade Geist Revenants. But yeah, generally playing in waves and multiple opportunities to roll the the ten plus or nine plus if you've got the battalion or whatever it is. That was yeah. that, that was the first that was the first tip Matt gave was like, don't mm. worry about your drops. Like mm-hmm. it's kinda like like and just kind of allowing yourself to be liberated in once you I don't know if this is if I, I would have to think longer on this than I'm willing to commit to it right now. And maybe mm. you guys can bounce you know bounce back at me here. I think we might be a little too drop obsessed in Age of Sigmar. I think it has a lot to do with the uh, the priority role, but getting perfect data on your opponent's yeah. drops, where you're out dropping, it's always like, oh, I go first or I choose who goes first. But learning to play in the space where you're like, I kind of don't care who goes first. I want to have optimal board position and control and know where all your stuff is might yeah. actually be a way, especially with MSU, that we're kind of tipping a little bit now. Um. It, just food for thought. I don't know. Yeah, that, that uh, yeah, I'd love to talk a little bit about that. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're probably pretty good on the the platonic conversation because we've got a lot of discussions tonight, and Brendan has a hard cutoff. So, yeah, maybe a little bit on that, and, and that also relates. I mean, I'd be curious your guys' views uh, at a high level without going too far into the priority role. Uh, I mean, that's an ongoing conversation. I was chatting with uh, real quickly with Vince about this the other or last week, and I was telling them that I, I don't know of that many in-depth explorations of that topic of that question mm-hmm. is the priority role still in that positive and i think so i still I, I still think so personally um so I, I i just feel like it's a it, there's a lot or the, the, there's an interesting discussion there to be had about why if so and, and maybe why not you know so yeah anyway but would love to hear your guys views on that i i used to be i used to tip the opposite way i used to be like why isn't this you go i go like i, I mm-hmm. used to uh, I've, I was actually convinced. Imagine that someone having an opinion that they change. Um, no, I, I how dare you? I know. The internet. I'm a, I'm a fucking monster. Um, no, I, I, I like it. I like the hype factor alone. Um, mm. It, it makes it more of a compelling game. People stay engaged longer with it uh, yeah. because of the. Pro- they think they have a chance, whether it's true or not. They think they have a chance if they win that that double turn and that priority and I the yeah. maintaining the engagement at the table a little bit longer I think is a net positive. That alone right. um kind of flips me flip me on it. Um plus so on the, shooting in shooting yeah. in check would be the other way. It keeps shooting a little bit more in check in our game. Yeah, I mean uh, well Brendan what what are your thoughts uh on that we come back to drops but real quickly on priority roll yeah, so I, I still love the priority role. Uh, the reason mm. being or is it's one of those elements where it's easy to learn the game of Sigmar. It's very difficult to master it. Mm-hmm. And to master the game of Age of Sigmar, I believe 
for the for a large portion of the game, you have to be able to a person to be a person who can plan for uh, two different results simultaneously. Right. And some folks really struggle with that, and I get it. It's not it's not a normal thing to think that way, um, where you're putting yourself physically in a position with two plans, with you know, uh, just above a coin flip kind of mm. kind of result gain momentum or you can or you can gain it right into into those next turns or you know you can have those situations where you know you got to sell out and go it's got to be the turn I'm the, the playing to the out yeah. like yeah. where you're like i i gotta i gotta play to this out right now i gotta go for it because if i don't right yeah go on couldn't continue brendan then that's it yeah yeah so so i i really like it for that reason where were you you don't have other games where you are forcing people to think in that creative space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that to me is probably the most salient. I mean, I, I love your point as well, Beth. Yeah, when I, I mean, I played a fair amount of 40K, particularly when 8th came out uh, a couple of years back. And I mean, I enjoyed it, had a lot of fun with it. It was a different experience in terms of just that you go, I go, dynamic in terms of predictability, in terms of positioning, ranges, uh, just the capacity to generally know what's going to happen and the, what I need to do to keep things safe, etc. And it was just, it's less dynamic. It was a little less interesting. And yeah, I, found, I find the priority role uh, more, the, the double turn, more compelling, more challenging um, in AOS than the you go, I go. Now, I, I think there are, I don't know if there are more people, but there are plenty of folks I know who are out there, my local community and in general, who used to like the priority role and now think that there's too much damage output, let's say, that that the, the pain is greater nowadays than historically, um, let's say in the 2016 to 2018 period. Then 2019 to 2020. Damage, damage just went up, and it's not even. It has nothing to even do with the new new army releases, which have like a good good damage output. Uh, the redundant saves going away just mm. made the game that more lethal. Uh, it made mm. it cleaner. It was a band aid that probably needed to be ripped off, but mm-hmm. you're more vulnerable to mortals now than you ever were before. When you had your mortal wound save, like I would say, like a four up, and then you had that like six up or five up. Like you you feel the difference in the game. Mm. Um, so. I mean, it's it's more lethal than it's ever been. I can see that point. I can see it. Um, I guess my my pushback on that isn't to throw the baby out with the bathwater on the priority roll. It's to drop the damage. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, yeah um, I can see that. Um, but like, how do you how do you put that that like cat back in the bag? Right, the mm. the fact that the damage has just kind of increased. That's a philosophical question. I don't have an answer for it. Like, yeah, and I, I mean, you need, my, my... need a big bag. <laughs> uh, sorry, Tyler. It sounded I, like you had a thought. Well, 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 yeah. That I mean, I would much rather, like, much rather have an ecosystem that was more uh, primary offense than primary defense. One hundred percent. And so that's, I think, thankfully, the ecosystem that we're in. Yes. Uh, right now, and. You know, I mean, that we could have a little discussion about shooting as well in relation to that damage output and the priority role to what uh, shooting slash uh, splash or range mortal wound damage. To what degree is that in impacting the 
this feeling that I've at least, I feel like anecdotally, which could be completely worthless, probably is, <laughs> but anecdotally, at least, I've heard many more people in the last couple of years tell me that they think the priority role is more of a problem in AOS because of this damage increase and shooting over the last 12 or so months has been a part of that as well. You know, with KO and Seraphon, oh. you know, KO, yeah. That, if at, KO at, gets the, the double turn, turns. if KO gets the double turn, you're off the table for the most it's, part. It can be pretty painful. Yeah. But uh, on the flip side, of course, if they don't, uh, <laughs> and they could be potentially screwed. Right. They they can't win. It, yeah. If you, barring matchups and, and, and dice, right? Like, for the most yeah. part, if you're if you're going in, you're both on your, your A tier, S tier armies know the matchup going in equal skill level and they lose that priority role uh yeah. they're getting they're in a lot of pain they they kind of have to stick their neck out they kind of have to still be roughly in one place like it it can be really yeah. punishing for them um yeah. so like the priority turn giveth the priority role giveth and the priority role taketh away but i yeah. think from a player engagement standpoint is really what i think about i think about from an esports standpoint um, mm -hmm. I like to talk about uh, V Trigger and Street Fighter. I'm not sure your familiarity with like with a uh, with Street Fighter. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, there's something in uh, meter. You have a meter, meter burn. You burn the meter. Like you you look at someone's health bar, almost gone, but like oh, mm -hmm. but they've got the full meter bar, and they burn mm -hmm. the meter, and they just start doing tons of damage, and they fight their way back into the game. Like okay, nice. when you watch an esport, when you watch esports, which is you know some people really truly want t sports. One of the biggest moments of engagement. Why Street Fighters one of the biggest games on the planet and always kind of has been mm. for esports just revenue interest and so on and so forth is that hype factor that player mm -hmm. player and audience <laughs> engagement you walk up to a table and you're they're about to you walk up to a table and they're rolling dice for hit, for hitting and shooting and stuff you walk away you walk up to a mm. table and someone's about to roll the priority roll you look at the you look at the scorecard you go I'll watch this you know yeah <laughs> yeah you know like that that engagement, and then you'll watch the first couple things that happen. Then you'll keep walking through the room, but like you'll you'll stick around for that priority roll. It's right. th that engagement aspect, I think, is 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 healthy. Um, mm -hmm. of, yeah, uh, absolutely. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I still personally come out as as it's a net positive. I mean, played a lot of TTS this year, and overwhelming majority of my games are not dictated by the priority roll. Uh, you know, it's dictated by bad choices or good choices generally by yeah have, have i minimized to what degree have i minimized my bad choices right and, yeah. and that's the thing that i'd say to uh the folks in your community who are saying oh well if ko gets the double turn and this gets the mm. double turn it's all over there's nothing different there mm. if when ko came out and ko had the double turn it was over then you know it was it was over when ko had the double turn when they were bad yeah, it was a little bit different because they had other issues to cope with. Mm. Um, but that's not new. Mm. When Zinch got the double turn, when Zinch was change host, <clears throat> that game was over. Yeah. Um, you know, when Daughters of Cain got the double turn and peak Daughters of Cain, that game was over. Mm. That that's not new for the stuff that lives on the high end. That's six years in the making. Mm. Okay, like. Does it make it right? Not necessarily, but that's that's not new to this environment. You get double turned by Iron Jaws uh, in in plenty, and that's the game too. Hmm. Well, I mean, what you're saying there, I think a lot of people. It would be easy to conclude that's a big problem if if that's true. What you're just what you just said. 
mean, it is like that's like like those things aren't new. Like that, uh, that you know, there that, have that, been there have been people with bad armies and bad situations who get the double turn, and that game ends too. Like mm. it, it's all about the decisions that the other person has made as well. Like if if you've put yourself in a position where you are able to be double turned by a KO player, some of that at some point is is part of your doing. Like yeah. part of you, part of the reason you're in that situation is you. Like you made the decision to not bring a an army that can play one. Right. Part, yeah. So some of that comes back. Yeah. To list design and yeah choices and yeah all that. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I, I think yeah. I think one thing I like to I like to kind of hammer home with with uh, people when I'm giving advice is decision making in the game starts at list building. Yeah, like it doesn't. It doesn't just start. Like people think that, like they that that like it starts at deployment. Your decision making mm. began when you when you selected your list, and I think that can even kind of segue us back to the pack and armies, which is kind mm. of what we've been trying to get back to here. Um, you know, telling people to incentivizing you to bring the toolbox is going to give you that. You know, if you're on a skew list, something very very elite, you're not going to have the bodies to stop KO from doing what they want to do on the table. Mm-hmm. You need to be able to push out that push them out that nine inches plus weapon range on yeah. when they when they drop down, or you're yeah. you're a sitting duck at deployment, yeah. right? Like if you don't have Absolutely. the body to simply do that. Uh, on the flip side, if you're someone like uh, if you're someone like Beast of Chaos and you could stash half your army off the table <laughs> and yeah, then totally. also have pl- ample bodies to to just crowd, they have no place to drop. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> they can be really low drop too, right? Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah. Their their battalions allow everything 100. in it. You could be a two. Yeah. They a uh, KO <laughs> struggles right now. Where if they don't now drop you, they can. If they can't dictate that, mm-hmm. they tend to be in a pretty bad place. I don't mind KO as the exception. If KO is the exception to like the fu- like the fundamentals or of the game of Age of Sigmar, and they're the exception, I don't mind that. It's when we have like mm-hmm. multiple KOs type armies start to build up like we did with with mm-hmm. a flamer you know two teleports a turn flamer chain host change host right? sure right like when you yeah. have that and what seraphon are doing right now you yeah. now have like three exceptions to the rule as opposed to just the one if it's the one and that's just their shtick you can take a very deft hand on tuning that mm-hmm. if you start to have multiple it starts to shift the fundamentals of the game and i think that's the problem mm-hmm. yeah so, yeah the Having experienced a lot of the shooting this year and <laughs> TTS playing, <laughs> have uh, have some thoughts on that. Which is that, you know, it's it's actually in the aggregate. I don't think it's too bad, and it and there there are clearly um, very clear opportunities to fix things, like the one drop shoot cast. I would say is pretty unhealthy for the game. Uh, well, you just <laughs> so, up that you just up no, that like, battalion yes. cost. You just up that battalion we cost. So long for that battalion. I know. We did. Yeah, it's the perfect example. Be careful what you wish for. At least for me. I mean, I have a little more of a soul than, than Melnick does, depending on the day of the week. But yeah, uh, he did. You run it at a tournament? The one drop? No, not yet. Okay, <laughs> but you're going to. I probably yeah. won't at this point. Right. <laughs> maybe maybe next week we'll we'll determine it. But yeah, just just at the points. Uh, so yeah, you but don't generally that. Uh, you don't need to touch. You don't need to touch the actual stormcast like units themselves. Just up the battalion 100%. cost. Hundred percent. Just up move. Just, cost. There you go. It, it, yeah. Easy fix. Like yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So that addresses that. I mean, ko. Easy fixes there. I mean, personally, I'm inclined to look first and foremost at the Warp Lightning Vortex. I think that's where everyone's looking right now. 
Yeah. Just, uh, I, I mean, Vince has, a, has I think, one of the strongest takes. I don't mean strongest as in, like, most, like, well-argued, but just, like, the most mm-hmm. fire, fiery take is just, like, Vortex should never been printed, take it out the game type thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I think that, I, like, mm-hmm. I, I think you just kind of got to revert some of their points changes. They were already strong before. It was a little bit for me. It felt like a little bit of the Fire Slayers thing, where I was looking at Fire Slayers. I'm like, this army's already great, but people are doing it wrong by building the single Death Star, like 30 man. Yeah. And I'm like, right. if they just started taking two twenties or like two twenties and some and some utility or 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 having right. three twenties, like they would be a much better army. And then the points changes come out, and I'm like, they just told you you have to do that. And yeah, I'm like, totally. right. <laughs> You know, and then they, and then not only did they tell you you have to do that, they gave you points back to do it better. And I'm just like, what are you doing? They did that a right. little bit with KO. They just said like, they incentivized you to take the better build already out the gates and gave you some, and and gave you a refund on you. It, it reminds me of that like Monopoly Square where you like ba- bank error in your favor is the yeah. is the chance card or whatever, and you're just like mm. pocket the that that was KO, and I'm just like what. Right. Um, so I think you just you just roll back a couple of their points changes. Maybe throttle them in different places. I don't I don't know. Mm-hmm. Smarter men than me can can figure that out. Uh, mm-hmm. Out, but but Ko, mm-hmm. I don't even think you have to hit vortex. Vortex feels like a, it's fine. Sure. Well, what I mean that by that with Ko, like played a lot of Ko last year and a little bit this year. But what I've been find with Ko is that generally one clear strategy is to castle against them so that. When, if and when they alpha you and they kill some things, they're then going to be dealing with the rest of the, the entire rest of your army because you're all in one place. Mm-hmm. And as opposed to getting spread out and getting picked apart, blah, blah, blah. Well, that's a problem. If they've got a warp lining vortex, they're going to drop on your ass and hit your entire castle. I see that. That's fair. Yeah. So, yeah, I was finding that in, in those games, yeah, against them is kind of, but yeah, I, I like, I think, I'm not sure who said it, but the idea of maybe just setting a cap. Uh, you know, fifty points or less but you in can, terms of the warp. You yeah. can dispel the vortex. It comes down. It's down for one turn, and then it's your game again. Can. Like, yeah, they yeah. can't get it back out on the you table. Like an eight. Yeah, and every, and like if you have a spellcaster worth its salt, it's got a plus two to a plus three right now. I think you got to roll a nine. I think it's I think it's cast. On so an you eight. have to, you have to roll an roll average a... roll on it with a caster worth its salt. Plus plus. Plus one to dispel is not that common, much less plus two or plus three. Plus dispel. Uh, in the spell dom era, like I look at an army, and if it doesn't have a wizard with a plus two to cast, I think it's trash. <laughs> well, yeah, well, I, mean, I agree with you. Sure, yeah. <laughs> cast, cast and unbind is one thing, but not dispel. Dispel is still relatively rare. They've like ro- you look at Rathi. Oh, f- fair, fair. I mean, I guess I live in a world where Nagash is plus three to all three, and I'm just like peasants. <laughs> All of you peasants, or like uh, the Willow quote, pigs! All of you pigs! Like that's how I feel. <laughs> yeah. So excited that they're gonna do a Willow sequel. Hopefully, that's not another example. Be careful what you wish for. But yeah, uh, hey, T two T two is the best Terminator. Willow two can be the best Willow. All right, let's, let's do it. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, so on the on the drops. So we probably yeah. Dro- you we're talking about drops in MSU. This is a little bit of a reset. Thanks for. Tyler, I know you've got a list oh, there, sorry. and you're going. No, 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 no. I'm just. I want to thank you for being a good sport because you're. You've been like yeah. task oriented. You've been driving this. I'm like, you yeah. just went down like this full rabbit hole of discussion, and I just want to like thank you for that. Yeah, <laughs> for for yeah. humoring me. Um, yeah. So about the drops. Go on. 
Yeah, sometimes I have to remember I don't do a podcast anymore. I'm not I'm not a host. I need I need to No, no, I'm letting you host this. This is that was my secret to success tonight. Uh we're up to uh 17 live viewers, which is three times my peak from the last couple, so you're doing something right. <laughs> uh yeah, it's, it's all Tyler. It, it has nothing to do with me. No, no, it's all Tyler. Mr. No, Mr. 1000, which is what I'm just going to call you from now on. <laughs> No idea what that means. Uh, he he. Uh, they uh, uh, cubic shenanigans. Brendan's podcast is uh, to a thousand downloads an episode. Oh, okay. No, that's that's uh, that's two plus tough. That's not me. So that's so, all so yeah, that that one was Doug. Yes, that yeah, was, that's that's Doug. Like, like there like there's a hard day where you know he said his favorite podcast, and then from there, like we just saw we saw this happen. Yeah, we're like, huh. How about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're Mister One Thousand, and uh, and Dan is per download or per episode. I think is what, <laughs> how I decided it. Um, nice. It's the gun show. That's right, kicker. It's the gun show. Uh, so 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 back to drops. Yeah, Melnick, what do you what do you think on on drops? I've been talking a lot. So I I think drops is a is a is a trinary conversation. Hmm, um, you exist in three states. You are under four, you are four, or you are infinity drops. Dude, that, okay, you just, you've been hanging on my brain, or I've been hanging on yours, because that's exactly, yeah, how I, I, I mean, I tend to think maybe, yeah, four to seven, if I were to try to define that second tier, but absolutely, sure. or maybe five to seven. You're yeah, you're gonna you're I, gonna. I, I think once you start getting over four, like you need to stop like worrying about packing it in and like how yeah. do I like you shouldn't be asking yourself like how do I get to eight? Um, right. <laughs> no, no. Um, and that four number moves over time. You know, there was a period of time where it was five. There was a period of time when it right. was three. Uh, it, it's been four for about two years now, which seems like a well. I I kind of think it's. Spot. Like in my opinion, I mean, I don't know. We're splitting hairs here, but it's zero to I, I. I would say it's zero to three, and then it's four. R- really, I, that is. I don't know. Maybe you could say it's zero to four, but if if I you know, can, there's there's a lot of three or less is the point. If I if I as compared to yeah yeah if I can piggyback off of this, I think one drops just shouldn't exist as a rule. Mm. Like I I just uh, and if one drops do exist, it should be on combat armies, like. Maybe like if Sylvaneth goes into like the full board control, like combaty, like you know, jack of all trades, magic range place where I li- I wish they lived in. Yeah, um, tickling me here. Yeah, keep going. Um, if they they can they can be one drop or <laughs> like two drop, right? But like for the yeah. most part, I think one drop should be a like a combat a combat army only type thing. Um, yeah, like it should be the... it should be just a utter third rail for a shooting army. Or even a like super magic dominant army to be one drop. You just shouldn't have mm-hmm. that. The option of the, the ranged army just shouldn't have that option. It I, does seem pretty skewed right now. Like we can rattle up uh, Ko, Zinch, and shoot uh, snipe cast, shoot cast the one drop Vanguard. Those are all one drop options. Yeah. Well, I guess the Ko, the competitive Ko is more like maybe two or three. And but, I, yeah, I really and I really thought that we had like. We we as a game had decided like one drops are no more. They went through. Went, Sylvaneth lost their one drop. Op, their like mega battalion one drops type right. options. Uh, even like orcs kind of like got like slapped on the hand a little bit like for their their mm. uh, one drop options. Like it felt like they were they were like oh no you just don't get to do this anymore. And then like Zinch and Ko came out and like 
I thought we had this discussion, Games Workshop, and I'm like, oh, it's on the yeah. shooting armies. Awesome. Like I, was just, right. I, I think I understand the, the, the mentality of going, oh, shooting armies get to be one drop because double turns are more punishing for them. Because mm. combat happens in multiple phases of the game. The thing is, is the... The thing is, is combat still has to play fair because there is chaff mm -hmm. and stuff, and shooting doesn't play fair with chaff. Like, and so for me, that that feels like that feels like you get to cheat at at chaff by being shooty, and mm -hmm. I get to cheat at at the natural combat order by being one drop. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, and yeah, I mean. Yeah, generally agree. There, there certainly are some exceptions. You know, one of the classic patterns in Warhammer, uh, expressed well over the years by Zinch and Skaven, I would say, of uh, the um, having the the crap in the front and the and the business in the you know doing the real work in the back. You know, the skinks, the the whores in the front, and and then your real damage dealers in the back or teleporting around. Yes, yeah, so we're getting the best of the both worlds, and that's usually a case of point issues. You know, like like we have right now, Seraphon, they just get too much, too much into 2K. That's the problem we had with Skaven when they came out. It was too much. Well, right. Yeah, no, this is 100% valid. Like, Seraphon don't give up anything to do what they want to do. And that feels <laughs> like, in general, like, even even peak Petrifex Elite had gave up speed and yeah. tricks, right? Like, yeah. you, got no, you play honest, there's no outflank, there's no teleport. Like, you, you're right. still playing an honest game. Like, you... It, so it's like you got to give up stuff. You got to give up stuff to get to get that other stuff. Like it's just that's yeah, absolutely. Those are the levers we we play with in our game. And Skaven, right. I think Skaven's in a super health, healthy place. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah, now like yeah, uh, this is they they're kind of a like this is kind of what they've got a lot of stuff that's been neglected in their books. So I don't want to say it's like they're living. Yeah. They, they don't deserve any changes. They don't deserve any buffs. But if you're looking at what a toolbox sort of shooting powerhouse army that gets to do its thing looks like right. this game is a pretty good a pretty good blueprint absolutely yeah they're probably the best right now yeah in the game yeah so in terms of one drops i'm okay with them but i feel like you gotta pay for it in a way you know not not just the points that you pay for but you have to have made compromise in getting uh to that end result if it's you know taking you know, the 300 points in battalion Fine, that's a start. But then you also had to take 300 points in units that suck. Really didn't want. <laughs> uh, you end you end up on the other side of asking yourself the question: Is it worth playing down that many points effectively mm. in exchange for this kind of uh, top end user? Damn it, G-Dead. I realized that the OBR hoodie that I made should actually have that in quotation marks on the, like, the back. No no, no tricks, just fists or something. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Go on. Um, I had to show as part of, you know, the show within the show there. Got to talk to them. Um, yeah, paying for it in some way would be awesome. It's weird when there's an army that comes out with... Battalions mm -hmm. have always felt like the Wheel of Fortune to me. Where they just mm. they spin a wheel and like when armies get bat good battalions or bad battalions, I just grab the book and I'm like, did this one get good battalions or not? Like it just <laughs> every time a tome comes out, and yeah. it's always weird to me. Like Beast of Chaos battalions, for instance, are absurd. They're a little pricey, mm. but they're absurd. You could, the whole model range 
in in the thing. It's it's stuff like zero to three great Bray shamans, zero to two doom bulls. You might mm. have to take one uh, like beast lord or something, and then like you know one to three of this battle line, one to three of this battle. I'm like, what are you doing? Mm. Like the whole thing is just whereas you'll get like death battalions, they're very yeah. specific. Like death watch is like you take one of this, one of this, a unit of this, a unit of this, a unit of this, like. That's that's the battalion. Like it's it's right. weird how they, these armies have this this like sort of threshold, and the armies where where it's like change host for instance. It's like oh yeah, everything you want is basically in the battalion mm-hmm. already. Yeah, yeah. It, it, that's so weird to me. Like it, it it has to be on some level a conscious decision to be like oh yeah, we want to incentivize people people to have everything they want in the battalion in the battalion. But then on the flip side, then what are the, what why the other battalions? Where they're like, take mm-hmm. a bunch of crap you don't want, and then like, <laughs> and then you get this yeah. for like a minute ability. Like I don't even read the battalion abilities anymore. I check how many points it costs and what all I can fit in it. Hmm. Yeah, still definitely more work to be done on that front. I think that's fair. Yeah, yeah. like they're making progress on the monsters front. I think yes. going in the right direction yes. in general with monsters. We've we've got some good signs. Archeon, Marathi are, are pretty amazing right now. Uh, Archeon feels worth his points. Marathi absolutely does. Uh, but yeah, definitely a little more progress on that front. Uh, so on the, I think hmm. they've made significant progress on the front of battalions because, and Tyler, you'll remember this, hmm. back when Handbook 16 came out, uh, it was really just you built your list and you're like, oh, darn it, I'm 100 points down. And someone would just go, <laughs> what battalions are there that you already right. have units for? And you're Absolutely. like, oh, these two, and you're like, well, that's a total of a hundred points for the two of them. I'll get my three artifacts, yeah, uh, and I'll be yeah. a two drop. And everyone was like, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> and we just like everyone just kind of went their own way, right? Yeah. So no, that's a great point. Yeah, improvement. Yeah, over overall, definitely. Yeah, in the right direction with with some bumps along the way, but I feel like you just dropped a puzzle piece in my lap that that has solved the puzzle for me. It feels like battalions have been sort of a grandfathered approach, and then the new stuff or the revamped stuff they've taken agency with. And mm. I think maybe that's what's been like kind of missing for me is like, oh yeah, we got to keep around this this battalion because it's always been around, and like we'll tool it a little bit to show that we've changed it or we'll move the points, or we won't. Mm-hmm. Who knows? But we've always had this battalion, and it's always been there. And they're like, wait, this we need to make sure that this is represented, so we need to make a good battalion for it. And so I think that maybe that's maybe that's why my wires feel so crossed, like when I'm looking yeah. at battalions every book. And uh, Sajil, yeah. just piggybacking off of the, the monsters thing, he's just saying, come on, Illyrial. <laughs> like... <laughs> God, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Marathi feels like a thousand point model after playing Illyrial for God knows how long that I was when she, she was terrible. Yeah. Hey, so, uh, so you play TTS. Can you, can you for yeah. me, do a tournament like called the Illyrial Challenge? Like, <laughs> where like you do actually give Sylvaneth players a free Illyrial. And see how that affects the like the totality of the tournament. It's a great idea, I love it. Or just have her come back to life. If you're a Sylvaneth player and you run Illyrial, she gets to come back to life. Yeah, uh, after just, she dies. Just do something like that and see if it like totally ruins the game. For hundred percent. Just... <laughs> no, I love that. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great idea, dude. No, no, there should be yeah TTS tournaments like that. Yeah, where you make some minor tweaks, or you make some tweaks. This is where TTS then... exists for me. Yeah, go ahead. No, I, yeah, yeah, I, I love that. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. See, this, this, what a great tool to like connect the globe to like to 
test and think about stuff. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, a point so on the drops. Yeah. I mean, I don't have some overall hot take on drops to I, what degree they worth it. I, I mean, I've, I've got two specific thoughts on like my, based on my experience. All right, so one you, is, you keep hosting yeah. Brennan, your co-host. It's that time in the, <laughs> AO, in the AOS Rantcast drinking game where I walk away from the camera for a second. <laughs> right, <buddy. laughs> uh, a tradition unlike any other. <laughs> so, yeah, man, that... Running Lumineth, I've been doing, um, like we've, you and I have talked a lot about, I like to, um, maybe you like this a little bit as well, I like to, like techless builds are a known quantity. I don't really need to test a lot with techless. Techless and an Arlon Legion in a three drop, I generally know what that does. It's strong. Yeah, it, it's been beaten to death. Right. <laughs> so, right. So I've been testing a lot with high drop Lumineth list. Eight, nine, ten drop. Where usually I don't have the option to di- dictate priority because I can learn more f- from that. And doing that for about six months, and then in the last few months trying out the more traditional Arlon Legion two, three drop with or without Teclas. Definitely w- like having. That there is, it's worth doing the battalion in terms of overall competitiveness with Lumineth. You, I think you generally there's a, a stronger case to be made to do a, a low drop, you know, more benefit with a low drop with Lumineth than the high drop. Part of that is because they're a, a late game army. In my experience, they're an army that you know they they castle early, they tend to get down in points, and you have to claw the game back. You know, kill enough, get your opponent off the objective play the full four or five rounds. So if you yeah, are low drop and you can dictate the game from the outset, either, okay, I'm going to go first. I'm going to get on one or more objectives with my wardens, blah, 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 get my buffs up because I need to that game versus I don't have the option. So yeah, it's, it's I mean, that's anything new. It's To me, it's, it's very case dependent on your build and, and the sort of the design of the faction that you're playing. And then another example would be running these the snake heavy build. Snakes are obviously very. Oh, we lose you. Oh, can you hear me? Oh, we dropped off. <laughs> All right. So this is the awkward moment where I'm talking to myself. So is the I'm back. Part. Don't worry. All right. I only got to talk to myself for a few seconds. Yeah. Oh, the the torture. <laughs> uh, so, no, I was going to say that the other experience has been with running the snake-heavy builds with Marathi. Obviously, snakes are a glass cannon army. So it's I think it's generally valuable trying to do low drop with that army because in some matchups, I really will want the option to dictate who's going to go first. And, right. Well, because, because in that exchange, you're looking for you're looking for points exchange, right? Right. Where in your LRL build, you're not necessarily looking for in-game points exchange. You're looking you're looking for kind of this like overall net attrition rating. Right. Right. Um, where where with the snakes, you're like I invested 280 points in these 10. They need to get 300 points for me. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. So I, I think 
Yeah, to me, it's just it's there. There are a lot of lists in the game that don't care whether you know how many drops they have, and you know as long as you're running them well, you really know what your list is doing. Uh, yeah, it doesn't matter. But I, I do think there's still a number of builds that 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 absolutely care, and it can make a big difference in terms of the competitiveness of those lists. Yeah, like I've, I've tried a little bit. An example in my mind would be, well, yeah, just just the idea of running an eight drop snake list. I think I'm going to lose a lot more games doing that. <laughs> I, I'd agree. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> like that doesn't sound like a good time for you. Just no. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. You're you're already inherently choosing to take the gas off the pedal by not running the more traditional Hagnar. Which yeah, maybe we talk a little bit of Doc tonight. Like to me. If, if you're wanting to do a Marathi 5.0 doc build, uh, Tom also came up with the same list, and uh, a playtester had mentioned it that they were were playing it a while back in playtesting. I'll, I'll put it that way. You know, it's Marathi, Marathi Kane, Shadow Queen, um, either I'll give you one version: Hag Queen on Cauldron as opposed to the Slaughter Queen, so that you can take Morgwith. Which for those uh, extra now fifty points that you've got forty from anyway anyway yeah forty from the the hag queen to the slaughter queen and so Morgway for a little more survivability on your hag on foot hag queen on cauldron so there you've got the two sippy cups two battle shock immunities two wound rerolls you've got Marathi Kane, shadow queen okay there's your four heroes you've still got a brick of thirty witches or sisters of slaughter. You've still got two by ten screens of witches or scissors of slaughter. And then you add in ten bloodstalkers, the ten snake bows, double tapping from Rathy Kane, which are incredible in my opinion. Like those things have been all stars in every game that I've I've ran them so far. And you've still got hundred points for nine shadow stalkers for teleporting another screen. Disgusting. I, yeah, like that list has everything that you would want you could change it if you want to do slaughter queen of cauldron for a fourth hammer 30 uh three three melee hammers slaughter queen shadow queen and the the, the brick of 30 and a fourth uh hammer in in form of your range 10 stalkers you could yeah drop the i think yeah you you would drop the morgwave to a hag queen on foot a normal hag you're only getting one sippy cup one wound reroll one autoimmune to Battleshock. So I'm not sure which way to go there, but yeah, point anyway, point being like, yeah, that's the, in my opinion, if you're doing Marathi at least, I think you can do some very scary Doc list right now as well without Marathi. But yeah, Doc is back. They're, they're I, really strong right now. They never went away. <laughs> they fell from well, like S tier to A tier, I guess. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, they, yeah, because, yeah be, uh, for obvious reasons, because of the, the as the shooting, the range meta uh, became elevated, that was an army that you could turn off a little bit. You know, previously, not a lot of armies had the capacity to do 13 wounds on a slaughter on cauldron, whereas now a lot more armies do, much well, less sniping out the five wound hags. The the other part of it is that like um, that army was kind of naturally throttled by availability. I mm. mean, like it, we just you just didn't see a ton of it. Just the, it's an expensive army. The way that the, you you bought your witch elves and stuff like that. It, we right. didn't see a ton of that army around. It, same way Fire Slayers kind of has flown under the radar. Even when Petrifex Elite is sitting like right, Petrifex Elite, and I'm like, Fire Slayers right. is like that, but worse. I'm like, literally, <laughs> like, what if Petrifex Elite could teleport? 
Like, right. wouldn't you hate right. the army even more and have a run and charge <laughs> availability, like, reliably? Yeah. Like, wouldn't you be even angrier? Um, so, so like, um, Daughters of Cain, the internet was well aware that it was a powerful army, but it mm-hmm. never got that, like, grass, it never, like, took hold in, like, in, like, the grass, you know, with the rest of the, the, the working folk, right? To, mm. like, really, truly hate Daughters of Cain the way that it could have been hated. So it always kind of, like, hung around in that, like, mm. A-tier, never got over-nerfed out of, out of, uh, relevance, because, again, we just, we, mid, here, Brendan, correct me if I'm wrong, in the Midwest, I s- struggle to think of people who were just on the DOK train. I guess we gotta uh, I, go ahead. Like, I, I think there was like maybe two people I like. I could put like you know names to as to as to folks who were running it. Um, yeah, Jake had a but, big year last year with him. Yeah, Dan Bears had him, but like he wasn't doing any winning. Patrick Brendelson had him uh, for you know for a hot minute, but yeah, like by by and large, it wasn't something that I had to worry about at uh, at like Midwest events. Yeah, Chuck's mm-hmm. not Midwest though. He's he's uh he's 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 East Co- East Coast. He's New England. He's Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah, and 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 Chuck is a is a is more of a platonic AOS player. Yeah, <laughs> boom. There we go. Name <laughs> drop. Yeah. No, and Jake. But that's the thing is like Jake. I mean, if Jake's going to beat you with DOK, he could have been beating you with whatever you know A tier S tier army at the time. Right. So it's it's right. like we didn't. You didn't have that, like, you know, some guy with Petrofex Elite shows up to a tournament and, like, terrorizes the mid-tables. The, with yeah. That DOK was totally primed to do in in that span. Where just, like, Listen, go ahead. Yeah. No, I, 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 I agree with your general point. Was, was Greg running them? I was thinking on the on the West Coast. Anyway, a good friend of mine, Chad, yeah. was, was... Chad didn't make it to a lot of events, and he did really well. Chad Graham, part of these... Not, he's not a content creator, so, you know, Chad... If you're listening, but you just don't rate, uh, which I, I shouldn't either now because I'm not a content creator either. So that's neither here nor there. Uh, I, uh, don't a... don't don't start this again. I'm going to quote the Jungle Book uh, vultures. <laughs> um, so, like, I, yeah. I think part of this though is you know totally separate from a lot of the issues that we're discussing. Hmm. Part of the reason that that Daughters of Cain didn't get, uh, we'll call it the. Uh, most wanted poster that some of these other armies got. They never was. became the true boogeyman. They never became the true boogeyman. Go ahead. Not even that. It's because the propaganda machine uh, hadn't been developed in in this game in the way that it is currently, mm. where you have all of these, uh, you know, kind of, uh, we'll call it popular community sources where people go for their inter- information and right, wrong, or indifferent, doom and gloom sells. Um, and at the time when Daughters of Cain was reigning supreme at like, you know, a 65% win rate or something, you know, something bananas. Un- like unheard of for the time, even like just. Right. Yeah. It was fir- first of its kind. The, like those news sources did not exist that, that are most likely to get you the information of Petrofex is busted. Slanesh is busted. Uh, you know, Deepkin is busted. Seraphon is busted. And like th- like those outlets aren't what they are right now. Mm. If you if you took Daughters of Cain off the table right now, they never existed. And then you down, and they were the sixty percent win rate, sixty five percent win rate that they were when they came out. I'd bet you a large sum of cash that those places that tell you you know Nerf Petrifex Elite, 
get it off the table, put Slanesh on your shelves. Uh, those people, those podcasts, those yep, YouTube Vince. Shows, <laughs> <laughs> like they, they well, weren't what they are right now. Yeah, that's true. Well, I, I mean, I posit- I think a lo- I think it's bigger than just like the news sources. I think it has to do with Age of Sigmar, um, mm-hmm. the reactionary crowd for the most part. I I don't think that they I don't want to say that they weren't really here, but like we had a doubling in in player base at with two point uh, There's mm-hmm. we have something that that like uh, uh, Frank the Chat King I think he he termed it uh, uh, AOS two babies or two babies. Mm-hmm. I mean I think it's part of the two culture. Because I, I do feel a lot of them came in from either either other games or, like, reignited the interest. And they weren't just, like, weathering the storm the whole time. The way that core Age of Sigmar crowd, like, the bulk of the core Age of Sigmar crowd were. You know, the, yeah. the, the majority percentage, I would, I would posit, of people who were playing Age of Sigmar up to 2.0 were, like, let's stick with it types. Or... Yeah. Or, like, you got into it because, like, you used to play it and it just, like me, like, the stars finally aligned in my life to where, like, I can do a hobby game now. You know, like, mm-hmm. and then, so I got in right under the, right under there, right before 2.0. Um, and I think that, like, with that sort of, like, people who hadn't been exposed to, like, the dark ages of Age of Sigmar, to, like, really know what it was like to play without points. Or, right. you know, like, or, or, or... You know, I talked to, fo- to to folks like they they forget about like the original Vanguard wing and like or they never played it. They've yeah. heard of it a rough rough descript or original Clown Car KO. Right. Like even <laughs> even the, as recent, relatively recent as that. Like yeah. to to truly all, feel all the faithless. What's that? It's all the it's all the faithless. Right. If I'm even saying that right. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so like the. I, I think that you got this influx of just like brand new players, and with that mm. comes uh, less security with the game because you're new to it, um, and mm. a little bit more of a reactionary response. And so I, I don't mm-hmm. I don't want to place it all on like content creators, um, you know. Even though I am, I guess what I'm saying is I would like to shirk a lot of responsibility for anything I ever say, <laughs> right. if that's right. if that's okay, <laughs> and blame yeah. you the players, but not you, Chat Gang. You're cool. You're woke. <laughs> Yeah, it's different. Like you guys aren't those people. It's, you know, it's all right. Um, no, I I do think that there's a, it has a bit to do with the flux of players. I mean, even the original DOK got in before 2.0. Like they got in right under that. Um, you know, LON was kind of the kind of the exception because it was the Nagash plus like 60 Grimgast Reapers became that mm-hmm. boogeyman in that time period. Right. Yeah. Which I also blame the Midwest for. Uh, specifically, Brendan and uh, at Detroit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I was running thirty grim gas like... an, an appropriate and acceptable amount of grim gas <laughs> and, and forty skeletons and a bunch of chain mass. This is a separate, separate, separate. <laughs> uh, Doc, yeah, Doc is a Doc to me is a strange one. I don't know. I. I'm kind of of two minds about Doc. On, on the one hand, it's it's been interesting hearing some folks talk about Doc this year. It's always fun talking about just people in general and without actually naming names. That's okay. always a good time. Vague, vague <laughs> booking. I, vague booking. Right. Yeah, vague booking. <laughs> not, 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 yeah, not having the balls to, to name names. Uh, cool. But uh, yeah, there's been there's a fair amount of that that's been going on this year. That's been interesting. Where I hear a lot of people talking about Doc as if we're still in 2018. Uh, no, we're not. Like, the, yeah, Doc has 
to me, in my opinion, they really did take a, they, they, they got knocked down with, with the, the shooting meta that came in, um, which, which is fine. But anyway, yeah. Now they're back. Another. Ooh, that was fun. <laughs> uh, yeah, they are definitely back. Uh, yeah, let's maybe we can chat a little bit about Doc. Yeah. I think they're in a really interesting place. And then maybe L- LRL. Uh, DOK for me, I, I actually like, they did get knocked down, right? And, and Slanesh, Slanesh was like kind of a, a powerhouse combat army yeah. that was really taking it to DOK even when they were around, forcing DOK players who were like sticking with it to, to have to mm. rethink their lists, which right. moved them away from what would have been the, the meta-crushing list that like destroys everybody as business as usual style list to be able to compensate and fight Slanesh, they had to like move six inch pile ends. They had to, they had to shift. Yeah. Right. Anthony Lawrence's LVO list, in my opinion, was like a great expression of this. Yeah. Where he was running, I think uh, 20 blood sisters. He had, I think a break of 30 sisters of slaughter Mm. two by 10, witch elves. And he had the, however many scourge runner chariots, you know, like four to six scourge runner chariots Mm. for that range damage. That yeah, that, that really helps. Yeah, that, they, you know, I added mean, some range to that list. Yeah, they had to make themselves worse against the field to to beat this dominant sort yeah. of counter combat army. Um, and then you you add in shooting, and so they kind of lost their they lost their foothold a little bit. I would agree, but it's not exactly. I suppose if you were like living it out in real time, it felt like you were out of it for a bit. But yeah, but for like the breadth of Age of Sigmar, it feels like they they kind of really didn't like completely disappear. They didn't completely like. They didn't get yeah, completely that, yeah. KO'd, so to speak, the way like. <laughs> totally. um, yeah, I, I was trying to make this uh, point to Chad, who I've probably spoken the most with over the years about, Ch- uh, about KO. Chad's got this arguably one of the most gorgeous KO armies in the world, or certainly that I've seen. Uh, KO <laughs> doc armies yeah, yeah. in the world. It's, it's, it's amazing. Uh, but yeah, I was trying to tell, like, we've, we've gone back and forth on this a little bit, that I, I always thought that, yeah, Doc got off lightly. You know, sometimes he was in the mindset of, oh, my God, we just got a nerf because our hat queen just went up 20 points or something or whatever. You know, when it was like 80 points and it went up to maybe 100, 100 points or something like that. And But, yeah, no, you're right, dude. Like, they got a light touch in 2018 and 2019, period. I don't think that's wrong is, 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 is the subtext, though, that people yeah. might miss here. I don't think yeah. that's wrong. I actually... Right. Like Absolutely. that that they stayed as like a like a fulcrum. I think that it, addressing prop quote unquote problem armies should look a lot more like what they did to DOK than what they've done to other offenders. Yeah, yeah. Well, especially because part of that was, of course, the meta that we were in. Mm-hmm. We just didn't have a whole lot of range damage that could yeah. help take them down a peg. Yeah, yeah. I it, like yeah. I would love to see like a more measured hand in in some taking some of these problem armies down a peg than than completely just like flooring them for. for right. A, a couple of major reasons. One, the meta is going to be shifting by the time most, like all things considered, the meta continues continues to churn. Like nothing yeah. stays the same. Uh, and the other side of this is like, if we're talking about platonic AOS, the working man's mm. AOS, uh, mm. you know, you have one or two armies. The, the, the average AOS player isn't the big grinder. If DOK is their army, that's their army. Mm-hmm. Right? right, and why why are we going to hurt them and say you can't play this game anymore because the meta just the stars aligned in the meta to where that <laughs> thing was the oppressive force at the time? And I'm I just hate I I try to maintain like two sort of guiding stars. Sometimes they're at odds, but for the mm-hmm. most part, it's you should get to play with your toys and we should all have fun, like our yeah. in our various ways, whatever our fun is. Right? 
Like, and yeah, so these absolutely. sometimes they're at odds because sometimes, like, you know, you playing with your toys means that like it's not fun for people. <laughs> right. But for the most part, it's you paid hard earned money and put in the time into an Age of Sigmar army. It's not like when you ban a card in Magic the Gathering and it's at most four cards in my whole deck, which can yeah. mean I have to re retool the whole thing. But you ban a card in, in MTG, I just go on to Star City or eBay or whatever and just click, click, boom, and they're here in a couple weeks. I mm. Fixed. Done. I'm playing. Mm. I'm up and playing again. I already proxied and I'm goldfishing because I heard about the ban ahead of time. To right. Age of Sigmar, it, you... They keep the first off. They keep the points pretty tight to their vest. In mm. some, we know we might hear some changes coming down the line. Dok, we swore was going to get a, a huge nerf come that winter FAQ. Everyone was just like rubbing mm. their hands together. They thought <laughs> the huge nerf was coming. Never happened. That first big winter FAQ, right? Like mm. people were more upset that things didn't change that much than that they did, and mm. um, and and and. To do that to a game that takes the amount of time it takes, not even the the monetary aspect, but the, the just the, the sheer amount of time that our game takes, I mm -hmm. just don't like telling people they can't play with their toys. Fundamentally. Yeah, 100%. yeah absolutely. Yeah. Like, I so want... Doc. Yeah, so Doc. So Dodgers so. of Cain, for me, they're like a fulcrum. They're just yeah. kind of like this, and that, that thing teeters on the top. And I really actually enjoy that. I think it's good to have armies mm -hmm. like that. I also similarly think IDK as a gatekeeper army, pretty awesome. But we'll yeah. get to that a little bit yeah, later, definitely. maybe. They're they're the one that, for my money, I would be most concerned about, depending on what happens with the points on the on the eels. I mean, it's it's fantastic that that army now has more strong options. Uh, at the same time, I think they are scarier now than they have ever been with where they stand right now. Oh, did you uh, imagine hating Petrifex Elite and now you have to deal with <laughs> one up, or uh, two up rerolling one save? Two up rerolling. Yeah, unrendable. Yeah, yeah. Flying 16 can, deep, uh, can uh, outflank. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. If we're not careful, I mean, we and you can and you can only target the turtle, like because it's right. with ranged, because it's it's yeah. the only thing you could target is the turtle, because it's it's. Oh. Uh, but their proof of concept is getting way better, and I love it. So it's like I'm mm -hmm. I'm divided because it feels it feels so good <laughs> to me, even though it could be so bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, they're for my money the one yeah that has the I think clearest potential for being out of bounds. Yeah, I mean they've they've been strong since they came out. Obviously, they I'd, I'd say generally inbound, but yeah, strong. largely because they're largely inbounds because the they sort of lived and died by the meta. I felt yeah, mm. like the, and and that's where that gate is that sort of gatekeeping army of like that that litmus test where like if too much shooting crept in or or too much of a certain type of skew build crept in, they just showed up and yeah. bodied it. And that felt like actually kind of a good, a good sort of throttle on the meta to have, mm. but it's becoming to the point where they're not just there to to like gatekeep certain skews. They are the skew, and they're they just starting the to punish everything. And that's yeah. where it's, it starts to go out of bounds, I think. But yeah, now look, you got any thoughts on IDK before we go back I, to that? I really wish we could see not evil builds 
Like, and, and that's what I think we got with Broken Realms and Marathi is people are going to be able to play not eels and not feel like an idiot. <laughs> right. <play>. Um, <laughs> but I don't think fundamentally, like, the like the deep lists are going to be any different, um, mm. which is annoying and frustrating because, like, yeah, I know what the eel list can do. I've seen the eel list for... Since the book's been out. Four years now. Yeah, like, please... Right. Like, please, something else. Like, that's yeah. just... Uh, like, I, I don't necessarily have a problem that, like, you know, eels are the list, but, like, please, 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 let me see another mm -hmm. option. Like... Yeah, just real like, quick. Like, well, I... Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Zerg here dropping a, a tier one sub for 11 years. Thank you so much. That is, of course, uh, Axo, uh, the uh, Blood Bowl murder dwarves in our league. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much for that uh, that sub, my friend. Um, sorry, continue. Um, you want to see something yeah. else with, from, from IDK, because they got such great sculpts, and we've only been seeing, quite frankly, my two least favorite in the whole range is the mm. sharks and the eels. Hmm. My favorite like, being the turtle, which is now in. So, like, let's go. Uh, yeah. But I love thralls and reavers. I think they look. They, they're, those are stunning models, and I want to see more of them. I just want people to prove to me that they own those other models. Like, <laughs> like, like, right. like, prove that you own an eidolon. Like, please do that. Yeah. Uh, like, <laughs> well, that'll, that'll be easy now. I think it's the, the eidolon of the storm is amazing. Yeah, it's a good thing I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. 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 But yeah, so so Doc, uh, yeah, I've been playing a lot of Snake Heavy Doc on TTS, and but and I, while you were stepped away, Meth, you know, TTS is really good for trying out unknown things as opposed to known quantities. I was telling with Lumineth, like Teclas is a known quantity, so I don't really need to do a lot of a lot of games with Teclas. Kind of know what I'm getting on the ten there. Um, same with Doc, you don't really need to do Hagnar with thirty Witch Elves, blah blah blah. So yeah, I've been trying out the. So this is from Jesse Gayhart. He turned me to. He's a painter, uh, actually in Wisconsin. Uh, he, yeah, he told me about. Uh, we, we got a game in against uh, Lumineth with his snake heavy list. It was a three drop Calibron, and so yeah, he had Marathi, Shadow Queen, Bloodrack Medusa. Uh, Medusa had Shadow Stone for the plus one to cast and reroll ones to cast. And then Mind Razor on Medusa. And then Little Marathi had Seed of Shadows for 16-inch move and fly Seed of Shadows spell, which is amazing on Little Marathi. Is it, is uh, it self-cast? It's self... Uh... Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, she puts on herself. You can only put on herself. Yep, yeah. yep. So, uh, so now that you get both uh, Marathi Kane and the Shadow Queen on the table, you have two pin pieces. Two pin, tag, you know, distraction carnifexes, one of which can do a ton of damage. In the Shadow Queen, if you roll decently, so had those as the three heroes, uh, ten Blood Sisters, ten Blood Sisters, five Blood Sisters. Those are the melee snakes. Ten Blood Stalkers, five Blood Stalkers, the bow snakes. Uh, in a Temple Nest, uh, Temple Nest. Anytime the enemy hits you in combat, and they roll a one to hit, they'll take a mortal wound at the end of their attacks. So nobody used to run Temple Nest because, of course, you had to take two units of, of bow snakes, and they were terrible until we got the, the Broken Realms. Uh, so, yeah, three drop. Uh, he played me, and that list was amazing. Like, just experience that. It was pretty pretty terrifying, actually, to be across from that. Even though it's the very definition of a glass cannon, it can go down easily. It's like 100-some wounds. 
five up save with a six up feel no pain, basically the entire army except for Marathi. But yeah, experiencing that, I was like, okay, there's something really here. So I've been playing variations of that list. The latest is basically that, but you drop one of the ten Blood Sisters to five, and then you add in ten of the or nine of the Shadow Stalkers, you know, Shadow Stalkers, to give you at least one screen, and you're a four drop, and then also added in the Ether Void Pendulum with Little Marathi. So if you're using Marathi Kane aggressively as a pen piece. So it's like there's a few things you can do with this. You know, Celebron, you could teleport. teleport. Yeah, Little Marathi. And then she's got three spells. Okay, so you've teleported her more just outside of nine of the enemy's line. Drop Black Whore. There's potential D6 mortal wounds on a unit. Drop Pendulum. Pendulum, holy within six, and it moves eight immediately. So that's a 14-inch threat. So after she's teleported, she can hit potentially a number of units with how Pendulum works, maybe. Certainly at least one, if not more, for another D6 Mortal Wounds. She's got three spells. So with Pendulum, you could, like, round two, if it's on the board, start of the round, it gets tapped. Hopefully at least hitting one unit, if not more than one, for D6 Mortals. She dispels it. She's still got two spells left to cast. She recasts Pendulum, cast Black Whore. So, like, yeah, using her aggressively, you can do some real... Serious damage output with Mortal Wounds. She's not too bad well, in combat. One of, yeah. one of the things about the Numerathi that is awesome is it teaches you how to play these point centers better. Mm. Um, like one of the, one of the biggest mistakes I, I see with like uh, like Nagash players or or mm. stuff like that is not getting Nagash into the game. Or like if you have a five hundred point model and you just like this is why Catacross is weird. But for the mm. most part, like a lot of the other like models, if you're dunking a like uh, dumping a quarter of your points into a model. You gotta, you gotta be a presence on the table with that 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 right. model. And so you see a lot right. of people play conservative once they have like a five hundred point piece, or even like, uh, right. you know, like I saw Vlazdas with ethereal amulets where they're like, okay, I gotta wait. Now I gotta go <laughs> in with it. And I'm like, yeah, that's not how you use that. Like mm. it might as well be dead for the first turn. If I had a spell that said don't don't do anything with that model turn one, I would cast mm. it every game. Right. Like so, you gotta find a way. And so like. I think the, the the biggest power for the Marathi uh, is that you're incentivized to go aggro with her as a 600-point model. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think, I mean, this is the That's good design. That... That's good design. It's teaching you to play the game well. Yeah. That's good design. Absolutely. Uh, so, so. That, that Jesse turned me on to with the idea of Sea of Shadows on the little one is that I think most people think of, and you can certainly use her in this way, you keep Marathi Kane in the backfield. She's got 36-inch range on Black Whore. You can maybe do a Bellwind uh, to bump up her range and all of her spells. That's now a 42-inch range on Black Whore. Um, but then you give her Mind Razor. Maybe, again, she's on a Bellwind, so 18-inch Mind Razor or a 24-inch with Bellwind. Keep her back. Keep her in harm's way. But, yeah, some of these games, I mean, you don't always want to do it because there could be games where if you're playing Little One aggressively, that then opens up more opportunity for her to take damage. Whereas if you were just playing the Shadow Queen aggressively and going into like Marauders and blowing up Marauders and then not taking any damage, you're going to last longer. Yeah. So you kind of have to pick your spots. But yeah, I've definitely been doing with the Shadow Queen what it says on the 10, using aggressively um, with eight attacks now on Heart Render. Even if you, you know, she's generally outside of the Durthu zone. Durthu, five attacks, threes, threes, minus two, D uh, six damage. She's got eight attacks. I like that you have the, and... the Durthu zone like here. <laughs> oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that, yeah, that's standard parlance. Uh, 
So yeah, even if, I mean, you can, she doesn't like debuffs. So like she can definitely be turned off. Like a minus one to hit is a big deal with, Come on. with her. But, you got to yeah. define the Durthu zone for, uh, for some of us that don't know this in chat gag. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, basically Durthu has, it, it's models that have relatively low number of attacks that are on threes and threes. That's the Durthu zone. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I like. What I used to call uh, calling back to the uh, to the cold open here. I used to call it the Dalton line um, in football, which is a quarterback that is exactly average. It's on the Dalton line. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so like yeah. the Durthu zone. Oh my god, this is amazing. <laughs> the Mendoza line. Yeah, right. Hotspur. Exactly. The Mendoza line, which is why where I got Dal- Dalton line. Um, <laughs> He's still. Is he still in the league? Dalton, Dalton? Andy Dalton's not playing for the Cowboys or whatever right now. The Cowboys, oh, he yeah. Played the Bengals last weekend. Oh my God! Wow. Yeah, yeah. The the Dalton oh, line, the Mendoza line, or the Durthu zone. I love this. We finally have. I finally have jargon that I can use where I don't have to explain the Dalton line to anybody. <laughs> right. <laughs> Thank you so much for that. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. I have. This is the first time I've heard it. Um. Maybe I'm not watching enough but, podcasts, or is that a is that a Scrubby and Wells original? I don't know. It may may have been. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> I'm <laughs> very familiar with the Durthu zone. Durthu has betrayed me many a times yes. <laughs> with uh, roles of mediocrity. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Everybody, yeah, Durthu, Durthu. Yeah, that's. But yeah, no. Uh, so yeah, amazing job on pointing Rathi. Just just the design of those two models now. It feels incredible. Yeah, well, I, how you can. I I hope that people learn the lesson, and mm. she even breaks this rule a little bit. But I hope people learn the lesson that like a like a a massive point sink single unit uh, single model unit isn't game breaking you can be pretty aggressive with what you do with a war scroll on a single model at like 600 points i'm sorry you right? can be uh, yeah. archeon like marathi Alarial, get the memo <laughs> get the memo yeah yeah catacros another great example yeah uh, i mean he's pushed to the absolute like absurdity of what a 500 point like general right. yeah that's what you do it's a single model right. like it's yeah. it's a single model do that, please, and 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 so I hope we've all learned the lesson because, I mean, some lists don't have the tools to deal with a single model, and to me, it's yeah. not a problem with the single model; it's a problem with the list. Right, right. Um, but no, yeah. I, I, so yeah, it's just uh, some thoughts on the the snake heavy builds. Yeah, I've been running. I mean, Celebron is is. I'm if if we get this new doc book, I think a lot of folks are are still expecting. I don't know. It's kind of go back and forth. Like maybe. Our doc book was the Broken Realms. I, I just have a hard time thinking that's going to be the case because crap is so scattered right now. You know, we literally have War Scrolls that are only available if you buy the Shadow and Pain box. Mm-hmm. Or may, maybe the War Scrolls have been updated now. They're on and, the app now. The app. Yeah. Are they on the app now? Okay, cool. But but yeah, just things are things are pretty scattered. So I, I'm still hoping that we'll get a book. But yeah, if it's decent, I'm personally going to go all in on, on doc for a couple of years here. And yeah, to start with the, the snake builds. L, so LRL, I was going to do LRL, but they... Challenge, LRL is, I mean, it's it's a very remember hammer oriented army. You know, you're you've got your your deck of magic cards, and you're cycling through your 14 spells and trying to play the right card at the right time, and trying to do the right sequencing. And then that's cool. But you know, I've played those armies for uh, for five years, so I'm a little little worn out personally. Um, it's also there's not a lot of mobility, obviously, in LRL. Thank God. Otherwise, I think they would be broken if if <laughs> if they had teleporting. Uh, that that you didn't have to really pay for in terms of like yeah Lachin or you know the ferryman or the or the bridge 
But yeah, uh, yeah, snake heavy builds. They're they're really fun. Like the Celebron, the ten snake bows. What you can do in terms of threat range, it's crazy. So first off, unbelievable! Thank you so much for the follow there, Nick. Have you haven't been following me this whole time? <laughs> All right, sorry. Um, <laughs> um, well, like he's, he's an old he's an old man. He just figured out how to use the follow button. You gotta cut him. <laughs> yeah, gotta I gotta cut him some slack. I don't know. He says. Um, <laughs> I mean, you got us. A, you built it, baked in the perfect uh, 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 segue into LRL. So I don't know yeah. if we're done, we're done talking about T, uh, uh, DOK, but but LRL yeah. for me, uh, one of the huge criticisms I hear is it's an, it feels incomplete. And I heard you say earlier on, mm -hmm. it 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 it's like a great, just like one of the best books they've written. Um, yeah. I I I, t I lean towards the like I actually really like the book. I think it's a really well written book. Let me put it this way. Of the armies I don't own that I own physical books for, Battle Thumbs yeah. for, LRL is the only one. Mm -hmm. I own. I tend to go digital for the armies I don't own, and I buy physical. I buy the physical books for the armies I do own, and then I also mm -hmm. buy the PDFs anyway. Uh, because Games Workshop won't give them to me for free. <laughs> um, but um, but me yeah. neither, buddy. It's okay. I, it's not a you thing. Grumble, grumble. <laughs> um, no, uh, I. I like the book a lot. I, I hear the, it, the the book feels incomplete or the army feels incomplete. It does feel incomplete, yeah. There, there's so both of these can be true. Yeah, it's yeah, totally. It's an ambo situation. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, yeah, care, I mean, care to elaborate some? Yeah, well, no. so... Like, <laughs> nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> well, before I start to ramble, uh, Brendan, what are your thoughts uh, at a high level on Lumineth? So, I mean, I have the book. I haven't played against them, though. So that's the yeah. that always ends up being the the metric for me where I gain a lot of insight. Well, you internalize it, really, is once you get yeah. it on the table. Yeah. yeah. E either, either I play it or I see it across the table, right? I have to have kind of that physical interaction because uh, it, it's the engineer in me where, where theory meets practice is right. is my job. So that that's the time where I learn the most. Um, is when you have this item on the piece of paper and you see the machine in front of you and you're like, you've forgotten the power source. And, like, it's not moving for a reason. <laughs> anyway, um, so so I really don't have any kind of new insights because, like, you know, I, like I've, I've watched battle reports and things like that, that but there's, yeah. for me, there's a different level of when I am standing at the table and I'm seeing the thing do the thing. Right. So, like, in terms of, you know, what I see in the book, like, I understand the incomplete statements. Um, you know, it's definitely a book that feels like um, maybe, like, two to three units uh, more would mm -hmm. have been appropriate. But, mm -hmm. you know, just on what we know about the lore, like, it's pretty clear that those oh, yeah. are going to show up sooner than later. Right. It seems like we're going to get an expansion on this Teclian nation starting point maybe as soon as next year. And then, yeah, at some point down the road, we'll get the tech, uh, the Tyrionic nations. Well, yeah, I, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. I, I don't know if there's ever been a book that it's been more clear that like at launch, <laughs> you're like, Oh, that, like there is more of this range. Like, right. you know, like, like it's one of those things where, you know, with Stormcast, we know that there's going to be more chambers and things like that. This totally. one was just like, Oh yeah. Like we, like we know there are, other models like other yeah. units that live in this like in in this sphere and we're just 
Yeah, we're just not being told about it right now. I I really <laughs> hope they go the uh, the chambers open style route and it all plays together. Mm-hmm. Um, the other okay. way would be like with their their sort of three core battle line, and I know that they the hammer bros can be like the fourth. Sure, but if those three are like communicable across, if they do split the battle tones, absolutely, and then those yeah. three can be interiors are because that's like the core elf. Dude, totally or judicators, yeah. their liberators. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and then and then those pl- have different play and the other stuff. I think that you got to go one of those two ways for me. I think um, when right. I saw the model range initially, uh, I was the most disappointed with the core three, which is mm-hmm. like the total opposite of the community reaction. Like everyone was like, mm-hmm. "Oh, we love the we love the the wardens and the sentinels and the and the dawn riders. They're the best." And I'm like, "These look <laughs> too much like normal ass elves." All the dudes with the cow helmets using hammers, yeah, and the weird, and the weird Final Fantasy crystal that's become mobile and sentient bull fighting you. Those are awesome. Like I was like the total, like, yeah. uh, the total opposite. I'm like, those are just normal elves. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I want the weird elves. Um, so I, I hope that they have. Um, I, I'm really hoping, I think, in an ideal s- situation that that completeness comes with the opening and a boom, opening in the, another chamber, and they just, yeah. they all play together. I think that would be right. really swell. Yeah, it also absolutely. would dilute the fear of too many elf armies if it's mm-hmm. still just one. That's just the Tyrion and Teclas, you know, power. Right. We, we have a local who, who has for years suspected that there's going to be a Grand Alliance elf, uh, you mm. know, at, some point down the road here. <laughs> yeah, on the so we of course have the what is it called? Blade Lord or Blade Master, yep. that model from the, the female Swordmaster model from the Warband. So we have that. I mean that looks like that's gonna be a unit of five. And then yeah. there's a number of rumors that I've been hearing for a while now about a bolt thrower that's coming. And then of course the obvious is that we don't have the elf hero on pony. That we would, you know, perfectly pair up with uh, the Dawn Riders, mm-hmm. and that, that's probably the most obvious hole in that book right now, is uh, is the lack of a mounted hero. So I mean, right there, you've got a little release that you can do: bolt thrower, elf calf hero, and a unit of five of those uh, female swordmasters. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and then, you know, whatever else we might get. But yeah, dude, I mean, I, yeah, I've got all kinds of thoughts in terms of like competitive play, list building, play style, how the games actually experience. I don't know where you want to go with, with LRL, but yeah, I would love to chat a little bit with them because well, certainly got a lot of experience this year. Well, LRL has uh, for a little bit was being painted as like a, I felt prematurely as a as a boogeyman. And we saw Teclis's War Scroll and, and the right. masses cried. Uh, I will put in the bubble the one spell that I just think shouldn't, should be unmade. This is my Vince Venturella moment. Um, Doubling the cost of command points in a non-targeted, just like you cast the spell and and then that happened. No. Pretty painful. No, just jettison that from the game, um, please. Uh, But beyond that, like, I don't see anything totally out of bounds uh, from the army. Uh, What is your experience? Is this this a boogeyman army? Is it, you know, if we had, like, some sort of weird, like, tiering system Mm. where S is, like, (laughs) special (laughs) and then there's, like, an A, which is like great, yeah, but not like not like broken or overpowered or out of bounds, and then you got like yeah. you know B and C and, and down from there. I like that idea. Yeah, you should copyright that. That's, that's a great, great concept. Where do you uh, think they fall? They What's the reality are of this argument? Yeah, go ahead. One hundred percent, right in the middle of tier A, in my opinion. Like, yeah, they're 
very competitive. They have rough matchups. Uh, I, I haven't tried out the one drop, 80 Sentinels, 40 Wardens, one Cathalar, or the two drop version. I, like, no interest. That, yeah, I, I, that can certainly lose games. But, I mean, I'm not a fan of builds like that being viable, certainly as a one drop. Like, that's not healthy. Uh, I don't. That, that's the one obvious problem with the book. I would say, is that you really should not be incentivized to run a one drop with that many sentinels. But at the same time, that build is not a reason to increase the point cost of sentinels, because if you're just taking say 40 or less, they feel perfectly fine. 440 points, mm -hmm. like they're expense. That's that's a lot of points to be paying. Yeah, if you, you take, get it. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, if you take two by ten of what they, that's 280 points. For just some chip damage, especially or very little, if you're not getting your spell off with the power of Hish, they don't feel like they're worth 140 points a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah, like, yeah. Go ahead. Oh no, not to mention like even with that, like if you skew too hard in them and you get into them, they're they're paper. They just oh god, explode. yeah, everything. You're yeah, giving absolutely. up a lot of board control because you're already paying the premium for elf models, which is just a right. that, that's just part of the game. Um, so you, yeah, you look at them and wardens. I mean wardens. They have two attacks versus, I mean, they basically, all those equal, do a similar, they have a similar damage profile, let's say, whereas Wardens are two attacks and the Bows are one attack, for good reason, <laughs> obviously. But point being that I realized after the fact, a number of months into playing LRL, in my opinion, there are a number of games where, let's say you're running, let's take the, what's become really a list that writes itself or variations of the list that writes itself the techless Arlon legion build where you have techless and a cathalar and then you have some number of wardens and sentinels let's say it's three by ten three by ten of each and then you've got five ponies and then maybe like twin stones geminids and uh, spellport of course mm -hmm. so and, and then the, the battalion so there's your that's a three drop list very competitive. In a lot of games, I think it may make sense to actually put your Sentinels on the front line and put your Wardens behind them in terms of the actual impact on the game. In a lot of games, in playtesting, I would rather lose the Sentinels. Like, let's say I'm going up against War Clans and they're going to be coming in or BCR, an army that's coming into me. I would rather lose those Sentinels than lose the Wardens because the Wardens are going to be doing more damage output in those. Anyway, so it's things like that that kind of been a little... Like, I don't hear a lot of people talking about the idea of using their Sentinels as a frontline screen for the Wardens. Most people will just throw their Sentinels in the backfield. But a lot of games, I would much rather lose those Sentinels than the Wardens. We call that the Game of Thrones defense. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that was that was one little thing that that stood out in terms of testing. That's a little counterintuitive, yeah. With with how they play, but yeah, the but no, they're they're absolutely an, an A tier army. They're strong. Uh, they have some rough matchups, but yeah, go ahead. Oh, oh so so uh, for me, it, it, the the army's kind of polarized into essentially like uh, two builds. It's right. techless, everything else. No, you like you said. There's like the eighty sentinels thing, and you, yeah, that's gonna be what it is. Uh, but for me, it's like techless, and then everything else. Uh, where do you fall on which, you know, the meta's kind of skewing towards? Uh, mm -hmm. Which do you think is better? Is is techless the oppressive juggernaut that people? 
previewed on the War Scroll, the, you know, when the War Scroll came out. Um, I know there's one exact problem yeah. I hope the Winter FAQ fixes with Endless Spells, provided that yeah. happens. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Mar- Marty's really been on this. Martin Orlando has been talking about, a lot about about this. And yeah, has been submitting it to the to the team. Yeah, so hopefully that will get cleaned up. There, there are a couple of things like that needing to get cleaned up. But um, I, I didn't think there's... Maybe at, yeah, at a high level, you're right. Absolutely, those are basically the two categories. But within those two categories, you certainly have subcategories. You know, like within the everything else, obviously, you know, you have Emetrica builds. You have the Arlon Legion without Techless builds. Um, uh, speaking of Marty, the list that I ended up with was a variation of Marty's, uh, which I think you may have had on your show. Talking, he's about been on a couple times for yeah. He yeah. was part of the 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 hype. So I have a, a particular oh, yeah, series. That I have the hype episodes where we we nice. just <laughs> it's shameless propaganda. I am not trying to toe the line and be objective. We are just going to talk yeah. about why an army is awesome, and totally. that's it. Uh, we did it for Sons of Behemoth. We like it's just. It it I when I find the right person who's just like hyped about an army like and yeah. they've got a take I'm like, come on like we're just gonna talk about why this <laughs> army is awesome the way that yeah. I feel about Osiric Bone Reapers when I find the like my like sort of mirror for a different army I'm like come on like come yeah. on the show so, so like <laughs> Ooh, stalkers nice at at the center of of Age of Sigmar yeah like there's a phrase one of like maybe Haywo's catchphrases is like because AOS is sweet or whatever mm-hmm. is like he he'll say mm-hmm. and like. It's just ingrained in my head that just sometimes we just got to stop talking the numbers and the metrics and just appreciate how sweet what yeah what the zoomed out view of is going on is. Maybe that maybe that's platonic. Maybe that's what I'm. Maybe that's platonic AOS is just AOS is sweet. That's the definition of it. Like when AOS is sweet. <laughs> Go ahead, Brendan. The like like there's something to be said about a. Like, being able to have a, what was it, a four-hour stream where all he did was, like, talk about Sigvald oh and God, make, yeah. him, <laughs> like, like, make his Sigvald, like, wow character. Like, yeah. I don't know. There's something about that to me that is, like, strictly in this game. Yes. Yep. Uh, 100%. Like, it's perfectly weird for, <laughs> for this. And... I don't know. Like, like yeah. go ahead. Like, go ahead and show me the other, like, gaming fandoms that that also do like to crunch the numbers, that also do like to play competitively. And then you have one of those guys who sits back and he goes, "That model was dope." And I'm going <laughs> to spend the next show really? dedicated to just appreciating this model. <laughs> just four hours of loving this model, even though he's like the number crunchy. Like, yeah. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. So yeah. So yeah. Within the yeah. everything else, yeah, you've got the Emetrica builds, and obviously, you know, there. I mean, it it is fascinating, in my opinion, the range of builds that you can get out of that book, which again is another sign, in my opinion, of how well balanced that book is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I was talking about Marty's list. Marty, sort of, I think he and I are of a similar mindset where we're both we see the power of Teclas. But we're more attracted to the idea, I think I can speak for him in this case, of trying to get as much mileage as you can without Teclas. And so, you know, that build, it, like my variation on his list was where I ended up before switching over to, to dock testing. Uh, what was it? Let's see. Cathalar, Stone Mage, uh, Avalonor, the named cow. Hmm. Let's see. 20 Wardens, 20 Wardens, 10 Wardens. 10 Sentinels, 10 Sentinels, 10 Sentinels, 
five ponies, Arlon Legion, uh, Twin Stones, and Spell Portal. List has a lot in it. Two big bricks of Wardens. 20 Wardens are incredible in terms of their damage output. I mean, they're they're the Mortec Guard, 100% of that book, which is pretty clear, you know, when you look at it, like, these are the Mortec Guard of the book. Yeah, absolutely. They're the backbone. Uh, back, backbone. And then they're made of, backbone. They're <laughs> <skeletal>. <laughs> you still got... <laughs> You still got another unit of 10 wardens. You've still got 30 sentinels, three by 10. I mean, yeah, actually the mirror match, uh, specifically against Teclis, would probably obliterate this army because of searing light through spell portal. You've got a lot of units that... <laughs> yeah, the Technado, yeah. yeah. The yeah. Technado is going to rampage through that army. But yeah, in general, you know, you've got a little bit of mobility. A lot of people are doing the five ponies in the list because you need some mobility, I think. Uh, with this, not just relying on the speed of Hish or relying on like Teclas if you've got him for his uh, whatever his move is 12 for, uh, 14 inches, I think, at full health and or first bracket. And yeah, and then you got Avalonor who likes to shit the bed 100% Durthu zone, Durthu zone. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> but again, he stacks with the, the debuffing in terms of to hit. So uh, Marty's been doing the Geminids as well, potential for triple, you know, minus three, Shining Company. Avalonor's protection, uh, Guardian of Fish, I think it's called, and then Shining Company with a potential minus three to hit. But yeah, you can get a lot of, very easily get your army at minus two to hit when you're running the Arlon Legion and Avalonor. So it kind of plays as an early castle, and then you, you break out of that. A lot of game, anyway, maybe I'll, I'll stop there with that list. Uh, uh, well, one last thing on that list. So Spell Portal is enormous with Lumineth. It's not just about the Technado. Like with that, uh, that's a four drop list, by the way, with all those tools. You know, 30 Sentinels, 50 Wardens, Avalonor, two heroes, and then still five ponies with the Twin Stones for the amazing... Oh, it's in Zytrek as well. Really strong on magic, 10 spells, up to 11 spells with uh, Aether Quartz. Spell Portal is amazing for this army. What do you got going on there? <laughs> nice. Coming on in. I thought you already painted it. Oh, no, Cavalos is, uh, uh, the Leech Cavalos is what you've got painted already. Yeah. Is, yeah, is he any good, it. by the way? Uh, he's good in catapult lists, which is okay. why he waited so long to, to be in my army nice. because catapults don't work for me. I, I've heard that a few times. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have tried. <laughs> yeah. But no, yeah. Uh, spell portal incredible. So there are so many spells in that army that you can really turn on with, with spell portal, uh, like in tome where you can pick out a model and just slay it if you roll over its moon characteristic. I mean, the ability to do that from a 37-inch start range oh, yeah, within Tome. I, I mean, even the threat of, like, when you're doing the list thing, where you're, you're yeah. the turn zero and you're swapping lists and you tell your Stormcast opponent that you can break his cohesion, and right. now they have to change their deployment. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Like, the, the power yeah, of something like 30, that. From a 37-inch start range with, uh, with Spell Portal. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. crazy. <laughs> yeah. So, the, yeah, there are numbers. Uh, Darkness of the Soul through Spell Portal. Grim, 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 uh, uh, Grim Slacker here in chat. Spell Portal for Lambent Light all day long. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, it starts with Technado and Lambent Light. But, yeah, more definitely folks need to explore the other spells and what you can do in terms of your toolbox with that army. Darkness of the Soul combined with Voice of the Mountain, of course. You put that through Spell Portal. That now, again, has a 37-inch threat range to potentially just shut to Bellacore. A unit. <laughs> uh, that's amazing against Sons of Behemoth because now they're on uh, Bravery of 5 
you know, seven to five, seven, seven down to five, potentially down to four with the Cathalar trick getting put, put onto them. Uh, yeah, anyway, so just a number of amazing spells that you can do to, to really have a huge toolbox with that list. Just messaging Brendan here real quick. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> we lost him. I mean, it's it's approaching. Wait. Yeah, I I sorry. I had to walk away to like fill up my water cup and stuff. I'll I'll be right back. I thought I thought. I mean, I I worried it was nine o'clock. I'm like bedtime, man. We. Uh... I mean, we're we're approaching that. We're approaching the bedtime line. But uh, yeah. yes. Yeah. All right. All right. Hmm. So LRL firmly a. Um. It feels yeah, like an army. Go ahead. Real with real challenge. Like yeah, the. It feels like it's got some hard counters, like some, um, maybe not hard counters because when you you have a magic toolbox, you tend to have outs, right? Um, yeah, but I mean, KO well, is the one that everybody thinks of. But when you actually, I mean, I haven't played again. I haven't played much Techless to be honest, because I, there's not a lot to. I feel like I I generally understand through others what you can do. Techless is strong. Period. Uh, you know, if you if I want to try to go five zero, uh, absolutely, like I can bring a techless three drop list or two drop list and have a good shot at, at doing doing that. Um, certainly four one, but yeah. Uh, so ko. So think about it, like I think a lot of us think ko is the hard counter. I'm not sure if if it could be characterized as a hard counter. It generally, isn't K So what is the drop count for ko right now for the competitor? Is it like I two think or three drops? Three. Oh, two? two? There, two. Okay. Okay, so it's two. So, yeah, you're often not... You, I, I think a lot of lists are going to be running a, a unit of ponies. And that's going to put you at three drops with the Arlon Legion. If you don't do that, then yeah, you can get down to two drop with Teclas. So, right. the point, yeah, in terms of this, you know, the potential double turn and dictating the game early on. But... Sire double tapping. I mean, you have to run. And there's another reason I was talking with when you stepped away. Why you have to, if you're going to, especially if you're going to do techless, you have to run Arlon Legion if you're trying to be any semblance of competitive. Uh, because you, number one, you need that, or you have to at least buy a command point. You you need a command point to turn on Sire. If KO goes first against you, alphas you, you got to get techless to two up. Mm -hmm. So let's say you do that. And yeah, and, and they pour a lot of their army, you're castled up. They alpha, they drop their army. Let's say they're taking like even nine engine riggers that they can then get into you in combat, but then they're just going to be hitting, in my opinion, they should be hitting sentinels, not wardens. A lot of people would have wardens on the front line, but you know, they hit your sentinels, they kill them, but they're not getting into techless. Then I think techless could still potentially survive against a KO alpha mm -hmm. um, with a four up save. Uh, you can't reroll ones with another CP. That's one change I think the game needs to make is the gen generic command ability. Just make it saves. Don't limit it to combat. And make it available in the shooting phase. Since they've they opted shooting. It right? It's not right That's now. Good. Yeah, it is. Can, can you reroll ones to save against shooting with a generic command ability? Yeah, give me a second. Okay, I didn't think you could. Look okay, up, look up the rules here, and real quick, uh, Grim Slacker says for SCE, uh, he says SCE is uh, is a super is a super hard matchup. Yeah, the one drop shoe cast, which whenever the fact drops, should be gone from the game. <laughs> no, hundred like yeah, get rid of that nonsense. I love no, it because you've absolutely. been you've been playing a stormcast for a while too, and you're oh yeah, no absolutely, you're yeah, like, stupid. Nah, get rid of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So, 
yeah, whomever that was, they're 100% right. That is, generally speaking, the hardest counter that's out there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Grim Slacker, this is uh, usually just refer to him as Grim, uh, a, one of my Mortarks, one of my Merry nice. Mortarks. Uh, he, uh, he's been like hard on the LRL train for a little, basically since they were previewed and uh, mm -hmm. playing a bunch of his games and stuff like that. Um, nice. He says Gab Bomb hurts too. Two by ten evocators. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that can do some work. Yeah, to me, that I mean, that's something you can you can play around. You with, can you no, screen. I, mean, I feel like you can screen against evocators personally. Like, yeah, yeah. I remember everyone was like upset with like Gav Bomb around the right around that time. I mean, for my <laughs> opinion, will forever skew against whatever the the sort of populist most vocal thing is going on in the community right. because i remember a time everyone was like gab bomb is the most powerful thing ever and i was just like no guys <laughs> like, there's there's things called screens <laughs> yeah like oh but, yeah they dropped and like they i'm like and then you do that and now i'm on the other side of the map now they they have a four up save <laughs> or maybe a three up, like maybe a three up save but probably just a four up save yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool yeah no I've, I've i've always been pretty underwhelmed by evocators at least relative to the hype, yeah. Yeah, relative to the hype, important distinguisher. They're, I mean, they're certainly yeah. cool. I, I miss, yeah, fun. yeah. I miss old star, star soul mesis really is. Yeah. <laughs> just roll a d three. Yeah. I remember. Wait, I just roll a d three and then they take wounds and they can't save right. against it. I just remember that moment of like learn. Bring it back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're more likely to sh see shoot cast anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, but... and... Mm -hmm. go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, no, I was trying to think more in terms of other hard counters. But point being, on KO, I'm not necessarily convinced that that sufficiently qualifies as a hard counter. It's I, a hard matchup. Right. Absolutely. But hard counter usually denotes that like you have no chance if you encounter right. this thing, provided they play the optimal strategy and roll average. You right. have no chance, right? Like, right. um. I have a hard time seeing how that's the case in terms I, of uh, if, if I, you kill Techlist, you have your entire the rest of your army or a lot I, of the rest of your army, and they're going to be right in front of you. I said before I thought it was a mistake to drop KO points, but I mm. don't think the army is like totally out of bounds. And if if there's an no, army that's yeah. allowed to be the oppressive drop and pop shooting army, it should be right. them. That should be their like that should be their right. shtick. If there's right. oh they're the they're the forty k army in AOS cool then they get to be the only one that does that like right. that's their shtick that's their thing the space capitalist dwarves <laughs> get to do that and it's yeah, awesome yeah. and perfectly AOSy to have an army like that and so like continue to allow that to be their niche but I have never felt like utterly oppressed by by KO in any of my matchups because sometimes they roll bad yeah they they absolutely. drop and they shoot. And of all the armies that do that, they always feel the most exposed because they're still kind of relatively low model count compared right. to like something like Zinch that has horrors that has you know like right. they're still relatively low model count. They're usually concentrated in one area of the board. If you're well, spread again, out, the, go ahead. Yes, as long as you as long as you don't spread yourself out too much. Yeah, which, exactly. All those equal is what they want you to do. Right, right, right. And and so and I tend to try to castle anyway and play. I've yeah. traditionally played uh, uh, Death Star style armies as a rule, so I've never personally felt like super, op like like yeah. Sometimes there's games where they show up and they're like, okay, old talking old cloud car. They show up like yeah, they do actually shoot Nagash off the table, turn top of turn one, and I go, 
uh, let's get a charge <laughs> off. Right. All right, good game. Let's re-rack. Let's go again. Like, I've never been upset about that, personally. Yeah. But, yeah. like, I'm, I'm okay with taking a hard L, and some people aren't. And I think yeah. that's that's just... That's probably my MTG player talking, where, like, I'm just... <laughs> I'm just used to, or even like, even like jungling in 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 uh, in League of Legends, where I'm like, this jungler has the edge on me. I know they mm. do, and so I have to compensate by doing X, Y, Z. And right. when you have that, for me, I like known commodities like that. And so for KO to just that be their shtick, and yeah, I don't feel too bad. And I do think that there's a throttle mechanism in the game because shooting only happens once per turn. Uh, you know, right. as opposed to they get to shoot. You know, we both get to shoot both phases, or both turns, player turns. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. yeah so yeah i don't i don't see the shoot cast one drop absolutely but hopefully that will get removed i mean they lrl it, it's one of those armies that at least in my opinion if players don't really understand it if they haven't really gotten experience with how it plays and you know get that like it's easy to lose games with lrl is what i'm trying to say it's actually relatively easy to lose games with with that army, um, if you don't really know your you know, know know your stuff, know what you're it's, doing. It's a it. high it's a high skill floor, but elves should be. Yeah, I, I know it's a, it, it yeah. may be a bad take, but I I think that you know you just like you want a good like a good like sort of bell curve of like good and per- performances of armies. Yeah. I think you want that same exact curve for like the skill the skill floors and ceilings of armies like. Right. Um, you know, an army that's easy to pick up should probably have a lower ceiling than an army that's difficult to pick up. Right? Mm-hmm. Like that—that that feels natural to me. That I—I mm-hmm. I don't know what that says about like the game of Age of Sigmar, but that, that feels natural mm-hmm. to me. And I like that if, if an army is going to match its its lore and its narrative with its table play, having elves be an army that's like yeah. kind of difficult to pick up—that feels right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Not, not to reset it too much, but how how does DOK feel on that axiom? Uh, the snake heavy. Uh, so uh, we're, we're name dropping our buddy uh, Vince a lot tonight. So <laughs> just to, Hi, to make, have an awareness of that. Uh, yeah, the night we've he's always giving me shit about like, dude, you're you're an Iron Jaws player. You just don't know it. Like you need to be running because Iron Jaws is a working was certainly. A, at its most challenging, you know, the very definition of a working man's army of that, you know, trying to get as much mileage uh, out of it as you can. And it's it's a quote unquote technical army in the sense of you have to play it well. Setting up positioning, set up is exactly and and vent, like setting up the smashing and bashing is something yeah. that I think orc players, and I mean not orc players themselves, but people that look at the orc army take for yeah. granted. Yeah. Sorry. But but yeah, so that. Iron Jaws, uh, there are a number of armies that are much less remember hammer oriented and instead, at least certainly in, in playing Doc and playing these snakes, it's been the best experience that I've had of AOS in a long time because I'm not trying to cycle through 14 spells mm-hmm. and I'm not trying to think about the sequencing of tapping twin stones and you know, you go down the list. There's a lot of those variables with Lumineth. There were quite a few of those variables with Sylvaneth. A little bit with Stormcast, but not as much. So yeah, it's like drinking a, a fine, smooth wine playing Doc comparatively. You know, this, it does what it, it does. Everything has a role. 
Marathi Kane, Shadow Queen, uh, pin tagging damage output from the Shadow Queen, Shadow Stalker's incredible power projection, uh, glass cannon with really good damage output. You know, if you if you play intelligently, in my experience so far with this, you look at it on paper, you're like, how in the hell is a five up save, six up fill no pain army? How would that have any shot of going four one? Which is generally personally what I'm interested in. But it feels like the a quintessential example of an, of an army that can do that with relatively decent matchups. You know, the skill, the having a good skill curve and understanding where you're yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, anyway, yeah, so it, it feels, and it, the big thing is the mobility. Like, LRL appropriately is pretty constrained uh, mobility wise, again, unless you're really running a lot of Dawn Riders, which, you know, you're, I don't think you're going to see that many people doing really well consistently with 30 Dawn Riders. Yeah, their damage, their damage output is awesome against the specific thing. Their role right. is to beat, but. If you're not fighting those, you basically infantry, uh, like they don't have a, they don't, they're not a hammer anymore. They don't, you know. They have other roles. Yeah. But yeah, they're not, they're not a hammer. Absolutely. You can still screen, zone, and objective grab with them. But yeah, that's, and yeah. most of my games when I was running them, that's what they were doing. They were not being, they were, I, I wasn't facing armies, but for the, what, for whatever reason, majority of armies that I faced this year with Dawn Riders, it wasn't a lot of one way models. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, so uh, but, see, I, yeah. I feel like you'd use uh -huh. Dawn Riders a lot, like I used to use my Black Knights, which is like set the point of attack someplace, or like mm -hmm. like the the beauty of Black Knights is like you set the point of attack here while my slow skeletons move into combat, and then they're dead, and then I have them run over here and get this point. Uh, so like <laughs> they got to play two roles in the same game, which oh, was their superpower yeah. for me. Yeah, um, right. Dawn Riders feel like a little bit more like Black Knights, where you're kind of committing to doing one of those two, or even you mm -hmm. can use, you. Yeah, so. Or yeah, you can... I've, Go ahead. I've tried out some games where you do Ethereal Blessing on them, you do Mystic Shield, and by the way, Brendan, did you check and see if I was wrong on the real ones? My demo's handbook isn't near me, so I'm okay. just going to assume I was right. <laughs> okay, Depticon to you. Uh, <laughs> just, just because of that. <laughs> All right, well, you look this up. I'm going to use the restroom. Brendan, what are you painting and why is it awesome? Uh, I'm playing Stalkers, and that's why they're awesome. I just finished my Xantos, and the pictures will be going up on Twitter when we're done. Nice. Introducing match play. Uh, actually, is it even going to be in here? It's probably going to be in it, the... It, 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 should be in, it should be in General's Handbook 20 and uh, 19. Okay, we gotta, let's see. It, it's just not going to be in the... Uh... All, so we've got... All-out attack, all-out defense, and volley fire. So those were the three new ones. Yep. So all-out attack is... Combat phase. Start of the combat phase. Volley yep. fire is shooting phase. All-out yep. defense, you can use this command ability at the start of the combat phase. Or? If you do so... Nope. No, no, no or? Okay. If you do so, pick one friendly unit, holy within 12 of friendly hero, within 18 of friendly... Here, that is your general reroll saves a one for attacks that target that unit until the end of that phase. Yeah, it's combat phase only. All right, well, Tyler was right. Uh, put the check in the mail. <laughs> or give me uh, five extra points on my Adepticon score next year or uh, 20, whenever, whenever the next Adepticon is. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it to you in 2021. That's fine. <laughs> uh, I, I think I can make that happen. <laughs> the, see, like... The, at the core, that that's the 
that's the thing that that's the thing that I'm gonna really struggle with as the Adepticon TO is so I how much, trouble, like, how much trouble we can you might want to shut up here. How much trouble can we get me into as we're joking? <laughs> oh, I'm sure tons. Uh, but like <laughs> I like, I have to alter my mindset. I'm running Bruce City Brawl, like it's running the three ring circus. It's it's right, you know, I know just about everybody personally at that event, which is kind yeah. of weird to think of sometimes. Um, you know, like in, in the Bruce city pack, you know, one of the secondaries last year was attempt to bribe a judge. Like, <laughs> nice. Yeah. You don't have to achieve it. You just got to attempt, right. uh, you know, totally optional <laughs> other, Dumbass other is, item, right? Dennis like, is a fun guy, but I'm not, not sure he would go for that. No, right. <laughs> Adepticon has to be vanilla hand. It yeah. is running an event that is just out of the book. No. Uh, normal missions, normal like scoring system. Yeah. You know, there's no shenanigans that I can get into, right? Like, you know, it's got to, it's because the larger the event, the more broad it's yeah. got to be. When I've, when I've got the 50 people at Bruce City Brawl who have signed up for the circus, <laughs> man, that's on them as much as it is on me. Right. When I've got, 200 people plus at Adepticon, that's got to be a very like expected, um, catered, curated experience. Mm -hmm. And like that is just two different mindsets. And and I know I have to adjust to that. Like, I, I, what's what's interesting here is, is you described Brew City as like the, like the attempt toward the platonic AOS. And Adepticon as the sort of curated what's expected from the book is wasn't like what's described as the platonic AOS. And I feel that there's like um I I don't think that this is like a contradiction. I think that this is a really good thought to explore with our core core uh sort of episode here. Um that Bruce City feels more platonic working man's AOS and and Adepticon has to be more. I hate using the word vanilla, but like, almost, but that's what it is. Like, it's got to be like more vanilla. It's got to be more by the book, and by the book isn't necessarily so. Like, they actually give you in. in go ahead. I don't think it's necessarily worse either. It's certainly it's different. What? I mean, it's I, more this this whole platonic thing to me, which. Maybe I should have said this at the start of the show. The, I remember that conversation we had, Meth. It, it was one of the I, I joke with Brendan uh, a week ago whenever we talked. It's like, oh, God, I sort of threw myself into the deep end here by saying something that sounded like I had a coherent worldview behind it when I, when I didn't. <laughs> so, but it was more of an interest in explore, you know, exploring this topic because Welcome. I don't really have a lot of clarity. Every, on... every rant cast ever. This is how I live my life, <laughs> right. man. No. Absolutely. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, so yeah. Uh, but yeah, go ahead. Uh, my, so I like that you clarified there. Uh, again, this has been a thought experiment the whole time and not yeah. telling anyone that there's a right or wrong way to play Age of Sigmar. That's it. Right. Uh, this is a thought experiment. This is, you think about this, uh, right. dear, dear viewer, dear chat gang. Um, the, the GHB uh, did something really awesome. I think it was the GHB where they actually put their little, like, their tournament scoring list in it yeah. now. Which for me is maybe it was the 
Yeah, it was in the GHB, uh, where they put their little like scoring sheet for it to be like, hey, this is how you score an Age of Sigmar tournament, and they they actually like did that for once, which has previously been like, you know, I've heard talk of like Games Workshop needs to have like a like a there needs to be a Games Workshop official tournament pack mm. slash you know TM, and mm. I mean I don't agree with that personally because I think that the flavor of every tournament being a little bit different and each TO yeah. I, I went over this I even mentioned this with um. With, with Greg when we were doing the competitive discussion episode of a- AOS. I don't, like, I don't know if that would, even if we did have that, I'm not sure. It wouldn't would take. Meaningful impact. Well, I was, yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if it would have a meaningful impact on changing the reality, which NashCon is going to do its thing, Bruce is going to do its thing, etc. Yeah, yeah, Nova's going to do its thing, uh, uh, LVO yeah. is going to do its thing. They're, they, they're still going to kind of live in their own own sphere, and I think that's part of the beauty of the game. Um, mm. If I don't like your tournament pack, I probably won't go to it unless my friends are going, and then I will go because for me, Age of Sigmar is like a community first type game. Like I'm right. Like I, I, I mean, I play. If I had no friends that played Age of Sigmar, I'd still play Age of Sigmar because I do love the game. Mm. But you know, I would still be going to tournaments to see people I haven't seen in a long time, and that social gaming aspect. Uh, right. right. Just it just be a little bit harder to do. Um. So 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 when 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 Games Workshop put in like their tournament scoring and their ideal not ideal but they're like here this for me that full more like a jumping off point than mm. a this is the synthesis this is the perfect distillate of an age of sigmar tournament yeah totally and and so yeah. when i that was something i thought of when when you first mentioned platonic aos and i'm like well is that the platonic state of aos where this is how we mm. score it um and you know they they mention paint and and sportsmanship and like it's all like is that it you know mm. is that like the the theoretical baseline of what age of sigmar is and mm-hmm. i came to know was my own personal right. conclusion right like that's the jumping off point and i and i think about that that pack because you're not going to be using that printed out thing right out of the ghb for adepticon are you brendan absolutely not no okay okay <clears throat> But you still mentioned needing that sort of like mass appeal. When people show up, they're getting a what they think Age of Sigmar is. And I, maybe I missed it, but could you reset it for me? What is that like experience you think people are two hundred people are coming to Adepticon for? Oh, like they, like they are looking for just a standard Warhammer experience where they can play five very normal games where my bias on the rule set does not interrupt their baseline understanding of of the game of Warhammer. Uh, you know, ideally they play five people they haven't met before, or, you know, maybe they play some folks that they haven't seen in a long time, or, you know, one of their friends from the other side of the country, right? You know, the goal is hopefully they're not playing their buddies unless they're planning on winning and they, you know, they play at the end. Then it is what it is, right? The the curse of playing the person you drove there with, it, it's real. <laughs> <laughs> go on go on so so i i think uh with with my experiences most folks at adepticon are just looking to play five games of warhammer out of the book missions out of the book scoring out of the book rules out of the book just easy for e- just an easy common language for folks to have when i'm running something like bruce city and i say everybody gets an anvil of apotheosis character you know, we're up to 30 destiny points, right? You know, just whatever. Like, you get your 2,500-point army and this guy, 
um, I'll, I'll be able to, to make sure you're being honest at 50. I can do that. Yeah. At 212, if I say, you get your 2,000-point army and your Anvil of Apotheosis character, and there's also the this other side game that we're also playing with secondaries that have nothing to do with your game. It, it all the has bingo to be sheet, like, if, if you're not familiar. Right. Sure. Right. You know, things like that. And also, you have these weird awards that if you construct your army in a very particular way, um, you know, you're made eligible for those. But if you don't, and you and you do this other path, then there's this other set of awards that you know that you're eligible for. But if you don't do any of that, then there's just also this main, but also this, and like yeah. that, like that's not forever. Trying to do know? the special Ooh. snowflake award with 200 people versus 50, it's it's very different. <laughs> oh, I I'd probably get punched on my way out the door because <laughs> you know somebody felt that their snowflake army was extra <laughs> special and it went four and one, and I picked somebody that went three and two, and I went, yeah, but like. Yeah, like th- like this guy's playing like all legends stuff. Well, legends aren't legal, but that's not the point. Um, they're like you know he's he's playing a cities of Sigmar list with Drake spawn knights and <laughs> um, gosh, what else is terrible in that book? Um, a bunch of bleak swords. <laughs> sure, like <laughs> without the battalion, like, you know, yeah. There, so sure. there, uh, uh, Nick's uh, Doctor Doctor True here is like so. There is no "I am the law" clause of the Acon Pack. I, I mean, there is in the sense that you know the judge's rulings are final, but you know I'm I'm under uh, the impression that the the status quo is to relatively be maintained. So, so if I may, and I, I Tyler. Looks mm. like you're holding off on a couple thoughts there, but mm. I I had a eureka moment while you were talking here, trying to explain the difference between Bruce City Brawl and like Adepticon, and and something came to my mind where where the Platonic state of AOS f- might be that game in the basement with your buddy, you know, mm. like just like that that game. It's like the best slice of pizza in the world you've already had. And mm-hmm. the we always spend our lives chasing the next best slice of pizza, but you never ever find it because that best slice of pizza and you know the one I'm talking about. If I say the best slice of pizza, you have a memory in your mind right now of the best slice of pizza you've ever had. Mm-hmm. And that best slice of pizza wasn't just great because it like tasted the best, but there was an event that completely surrounded it. maybe it was a birthday party or like you were like in my case it was like a really kind of a bad bad time and and my mom just out of nowhere we're getting pizza we're renting movies from blockbuster (laughs) any movies even a rated r movie yeah andrew even Mm. a rated r movie and then that (laughs) that slice of pizza where you you bite it and the cheese just keeps pulling forever just like in the commercials like (laughs) we spend our lives like seeking that best slice of pizza and you never quite ever Mm. find it because it exists kind of in a, a equal parts fantasy and memory and I think in terms of platonic AOS, that that's kind of the truth. It's that like that 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 best game you played mm-hmm. with your buddy at some point in your journey of like where you fell in love with 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 this game, or maybe it was old mm-hmm. old. It was the best game of old old hammer you had to whatever that that's that's like for me a little bit like that. And the yeah, tournament, the tournament, not the tournament pack, but the the way that like you kind of look at. The baseline Age of Sigmar, the status quo Age of Sigmar, as I think you you just called it, Brendan, to, to just 
kind of come up with some some canon that we can we or some lexicon that we can establish um is like the jumping off point it's like the newtonian physics right it mm. works for what it works for but we need a bigger broader better definition that like mm. a universal theory of platonic aos and i don't think we're quite there and maybe we'll never will be there but it's totally worthy to pursue <laughs> that's very well said man i love that you're pretty good at this that could be an excellent point to stop the episode, but I gotta ask you, Brendan, anything <laughs> like, to put on blast? All right, guys, have a good evening. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, don't, I don't think we can top that. Yeah, uh, Brendan, anything to add? Any 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 so, final digital soapbox moments? Uh, anything you want to shout out to? Um, no. Go listen to my podcast. It's cool and stuff. <laughs> uh, Ubic shenanigans. The next episode we're going to release is um, we're going to be leveraging uh, Dan's experience as a professional military man. Uh, He attended the Naval Academy, and uh, it's kind of a weird thing that, like, we've never, like, really explored how real-life theory-based tactics and strategies can apply to the game. I don't like you taking over the real life and Warhammer meeting, Brendan. <laughs> it's the host. Like, that's... Like, you could I'm, joking. Him. I'm joking. I, I'm joking. I, I told you he's got great stories. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm joking, man. No, no, no. Uh, do, do go check out Cubic Shenanigans. There's a reason I don't do proper Battle Tome reviews. It's because Cubic Shenanigans exists. So, like... Uh, like people tell, do more competitive content, Mephisto, do more list analysis, and I'm like, I will do that stuff, but I got to do it in in my way. But mm. the like, sort of the quintessential way you want to digest that stuff when you want to get caught up and and taught Age of Sigmar, Cubic Shenanigans is a teaching podcast first and foremost. So they seek to teach you that stuff, not just like talk to you like you already know everything and you're just in a vacuum. No, it's like it's it's a very very thoughtful. I know that's Dan's. Very, Dan is very particular about it being that. Um, well, Dan, Dan was a teacher for a number of years, um, so that's that's yeah. you know one of his key orientations in life. Hmm. Um, and I, my both my parents were teachers, so you know it, it's just one of the ways that that both of us just kind of approach things. So you know, it it just made sense. Yeah, right on, right on. And. Uh, and uh, and Tyler, any final like digital soapbox moments? Any anything you want to give a shout out to? Anything we missed? Uh, yeah. So two things come to mind. One is Season of War on YouTube. They're uh, this amazing battle report channel that's out there and needs to get some more love in the community. I'm upset uh, at their level of production for as yeah, small as they you are. Should be like I'm it's just so like... good. yeah. <laughs> They're, they're Canadian. They're really nice. They're stereotypical nice. Uh, just yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a pretty fantastic channel, and they're they're trying to get some more support. So yeah, I hope folks will will check them out. And uh, yeah, I, I need to. I just realized that I told Jordan that I was going to sign up, and I keep forgetting to actually join. So uh, I'm you just gotta like and subscribe. Just just uh, press the button. Just press the damn button. Just press I don't the think button. I have a credit card set up on YouTube, so I need to just do that. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so uh, yeah, it's an amazing channel. Luminath, Ko, Doc. I mean, they're playing all kinds of armies. Flesh of Courts, Night Hunt. Uh, really awesome crew that they're getting going up there. They're starting up an ETC team. Uh, so yeah. Uh, second thing, Brendan, 
and this might commit me to helping, but I'm still waiting for the Get Good Checklist podcast. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the like we've like we've touched on it in in different components on episodes, but you yeah. want the you want the I want, I want yeah I want the checklist manifesto version. It's a famous book. Check it out if anybody hasn't. I've actually already read it. <laughs> it's on my desk. It's on my desk. You don't read. Anyone who watches Cubic Shenan- or listens to Cubic Shenanigans knows that Brendan Melnick doesn't read. It's a character I play. <laughs> <laughs> like, which is why I don't understand why you're so mad at me for not reading tournament packs when you don't read at all. <laughs> That's not true. That's a character I play. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but yeah, I, w- I want that episode. Yeah. And if I need to contribute to it, maybe. If if I'll, I if if I can give you a hashtag, it's called the get goodening hashtag. It's something I've gotten in trouble for <laughs> for mentioning on on Warhammer <laughs> Weekly <laughs> once. <laughs> yeah. Did I feel like Mephisto just told me to get good but did it like differently than saying get good and i'm like i kind of did <laughs> like, uh, yeah screw the haters that was a great episode i love i remember that episode i love that episode i i thought i was i was token i thought i was pretty me authentically me and i remember like wanting to put petrifex elite in the bubble and talk about the rest of the thing but like we just yeah. couldn't not talk about petrifex elite at the time which was unfortunate because... But then I got to go on Garage Hammer and then, like, be Mephisto Unleashed and just be excited with no, like, active audience and no, you know, um, you know, there wasn't, like, a double guest thing. It was really just, like, you know, just me and uh, just kind of teeing off. And, uh, like, it's a lot more fun for me to not be the host, it turns out, sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> um, thank you both for being on tonight. I hope I uh, I hope we kind of explored this topic uh, to satisfaction. It, it like you said, Tyler. It's this is more in the esoteric. This isn't. Yeah, any... it's more of a more of a thought experiment than something that's incredibly well defined. Yeah. Right. Right. And um, check out Cubic Shenanigans. Uh, check out Season of War on YouTube. Uh, follows are free on the podcast thing. So you just like you <laughs> click that button that lets you know that they made the new thing. And then you get the thing. All right. Yeah. Like, subscribe, download, uh, you know, delete, download again, subscribe again, write a comment, delete it, write another comment. You know, just, <laughs> you know, I mean, you all have time. I don't know. Like, what else are you doing? Go do that. Yeah. 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 And, uh, and super importantly, you know, chat gang, you're the show within the show. Thank you for joining us this evening. Remember to drink your milk, pay your taxes, and since Tyler's here, I don't know, like hug a tree or something like that? Would it, what would the <laughs> Sylvanet sure. equivalent be? <laughs> that works, yeah. Plant and an so acorn is... and teleport a bunch of other trees onto the acorn. There you go. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everybody. Thank you for hanging out. <laughs>